Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, October the 22nd, 2020. There's a lot of twos in that. Uh, I gotta be, I gotta be straight with you. I just, I messaged Jim to say I was live with the podcast. And after, after like a couple minutes, I got double question marks and I was down on the ground on my foam roller. I couldn't see much of the chat for the stream. So I had no concept that it was hosted over. I just saw the double question marks and I was like, my first thought was, did Jeff manage to forget that it's a Thursday? Which in today's day and age wouldn't be surprising. I don't know what day of the week it is half the time. I'm just going to be honest with you. But it wasn't that. <laughs> it was just him waiting for me to call him the whole time. But we're here. It's another Tech Golf podcast. We've got lots for you this week that we're going to cram into a, <laughs> not a four-hour podcast. I picked I picked the, the best stuff I could come across um, as we were, of course, not uh, not alive last week. I was, uh, I was under the weather and Mr. Black was under the bank. <clears throat> Actually under the inspectors more specifically yeah. to, to be more specific. Um, but yeah, that we are, we are back and, and ready to go. But before we go anywhere, I have to ask the same question every single week. Mr. Black, how was your week? Busy. Very busy. Uh, same old, same waiting to hear back from the bank. Should hear back tomorrow and then. Tomorrow's like the deadline that I got to firm up on everything on this property. So it's mm. cutting it awfully fucking, uh, awfully, awfully close here. So taking their sweet time. Yeah. So anyway, my, my week's just been fuck chaotic all over the place. So, yeah. And later on, not right now, but later on, we get to finally know the answer after oh, yeah. weeks uh. about Jeff's interactions with his ISP. It finally happened. He let me know he I stopped did. in the stream a few days ago. I tried to get out of him. He was like, no, nah, I'm saving it for the podcast. Fuck. I wanted to know, but we're going to have to wait and see. So stay tuned for that magical story, I'm sure. But first, we have all manner of game news to catch up on. Like I said, I kind of sifted through stuff because we had two weeks worth of stuff. I just picked out the stuff worth talking about, and it's still a pretty lengthy list. So let's pop right into her. My week wasn't all that um, all that crazy. I literally just, I mean, it was my birthday on the 13th, but other than that, uh, Emma's back to work and I've been waking up a quarter to six every single morning. Uh, and so mm. my body is still adjusting to that. And I have a feeling it will still be adjusting to that for quite some time to come. But, uh, today not as tired as it was last couple of days. So I feel like we're, we're slowly getting you know, into that pocket where my body doesn't hate me, even though I've gotten like seven hours of sleep. You wake up at quarter to six in the morning, your body's like, bro, no, go back to bed. It's still welcome. dark outside. <laughs> Wait to become a parent. <laughs> yeah. Then you're, then you're awake. Uh, well, so I said, like, it was like, are you sure you want to be driving to work? You get up so early. I was like, this is going to happen one way or the other. It might as well start now. <laughs> I might, as, might as well just get myself into that zone now. Yep. Worry about the rest later. Uh, but that's it. So let's hop right into some game news. There'll be lots to, uh, lots to talk about. This just popped on my timeline right before we went live. And I actually tweeted about it because it was it blew my mind um, when, I, when I read this. Uh, so obviously, one of the, th the stories that we're going to be talking about today is the fact that 
Twitch went through like their first real major round of DMCA woes. You know, we we had the warning shots months ago that Jeff and I discussed uh, what we individually did to our channels in order to get around that because we knew eventually it was going to be worse. And uh, just the other day, that that worse showed up. And so we'll talk about that. But just uh, just before going live here. Uh, Google Stadia's creative director, Alex Hutchinson, decided that he wanted to chime in. Not that anyone gives a flying fuck about anyone at Google Stadia, uh, including Google. Um, but he decided to chime in here and talk about shit that he actually must not know anything about, which makes sense because he's working at Google Stadia. And if there's one thing I'm certain of, nobody at Google Stadia knows anything about video games. And so, uh, we're going to wait. Uh, me saying the word Google so much has triggered my phone about four times now. And so we're going <laughs> to hop into, hop into this tweet real quick. So he decides to chime in, uh, with this, uh, tweet. I get this off a of nine volt, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the real, the real guys out there for the news curation in the Twitterverse. So Alex says, uh, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. The real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and the publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Signed, Bro, I, some dude that works for a video game company that will be dead inside the next year and a half if Google stops fucking floating it. Dude, what's what's fucking what's fucking funny is I tweeted out at th- to this guy 25 minutes ago. I didn't even know this was a topic. Oh yeah, well, that's why I said it just like it just popped up like a half hour ago in the timeline. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's retweeting this fuck and he's getting salty that people are like, "Oh, I just I'm just speaking the truth." This dude's crazy. He's a wacky. He's a whack job. And he shouldn't have his position. If this is his take, he should, Google should look at that and go, you know what, bro? Maybe you as creative director was not a great choice. Because if you don't understand the greater market as it is right now for how to push your services and games, uh, and how a large portion of that is driven by content creators, then you've lost the net. Mm. And you should probably go and do something else. It's a bad take. Here's the deal, Alex Hutchinson. I'm just going to call you Alex. Here's the deal, Alex. Streaming and content creating have actually made developers, both large and small, multi-millionaires. Some instances of this are as, as recent as like fucking three weeks ago. And if you didn't live under the rock that looks like your bald head that mine will soon follow, you would know that AOC just played this game, which was another topic today, with a couple of other top streamers that pulled in like four plus million total viewers with a peak concurrent... Of, yeah. With a peak concurrent of 430-something thousand. Yeah. Second highest all time. 
Among Us is the name of that game if you don't know which game I'm referring to, which is actually a two-year-old video game that for all intents and purposes was on the way out in that the developer was making a sequel called Among Us 2. And then lo and behold, some streamers and some YouTubers started playing the game. And they sold so many fucking copies and blew the game up so big and so fast, the developer that you are saying people should be paying money to stream their, their game because we're making so much money hand over fist on this bad boy. We should be paying them because they saw the success and it is so successful, they had to cancel the sequel to update the current game. Alex, you're living in the year 1960. Which is probably indicative of the age of most of the people that are above you in this company. And any one of your mentors up to this point in your career. Your old media working for a new media company in your mindset. And that shit's embarrassing. And how it got past Google's fucking rigorous... Hiring process is beyond me. I, I don't even know. But that take, that ain't it. And the whole world's letting you know it's not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simultaneously. It ain't it. You know what else isn't it, Jeff? What is it? Google Stadia. I just tweeted out to that guy. <laughs> so... So, so he just tweeted, he's, he's obviously getting annoyed with the internet. He goes, anyway, I'm going to hop online and stream some fall guys. Who's up for it? I tweeted out. Did you pay for that license? Lol. By the way, good luck with Google Stadia. That will be dead in three years. Top. <laughs> Did he really say I'm going to stream some he fall said, I'm guys? I'm going to stream some fall guys, bro. Oh, the irony. Oh, the fucking irony. Look, the only reason yeah. Google Stadia hasn't gone away yet is because it's getting because, floated. Yeah, it, it's Google. It's Google money. Yeah, it's that's the it. same. It's the same reason why the mixer hadn't gone out sooner. It had that's, that Microsoft money. Anyway, Alex, congratulations into fooling enough people to get that position in the company. Yeah, really, enjoy enjoy the money that you're earning from Google. I'm sure it is anywhere between four and five times as much money as I've made in any singular calendar year. Um, to sit there and, and God only knows what the fuck you're doing as creative director there. I can, I can only imagine, um, especially since it's dead in the water, but Hey, keep it up, make your money. Uh, and, uh, good luck when Google closes Stadia and fires you. Oh, it's, oh, it's coming. Get Uh, your, get your experience in now. Yeah. That's inevitable. Boost that CV as far up as you can abuse the fuck out of LinkedIn. Get ready. Because it's coming. Oh, imagine imagine how many people aren't even going to touch Google Stadia now just from hearing this dumbass's opinions. Oh, this the uh, Google will, Google will never ever ever would have wanted to have him put the opinions of my Twitter are not representative of the opinions of Google faster <laughs> into yeah. that fucking header. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not. I don't think it's there right now. Oh, it's coming. But if it isn't, it's coming. Um. 
that's that was a big yikes take um you you can't you can't if you had to let me let me just lay this out for you alex you're not listening to this uh you're probably too busy playing fall guys without paying them to play it the 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 crazy thing is here is that if you were to actually as publishers enforce people having to pay commercial licenses per x number of views that you were going to be using it for like you were doing like radio gigs or like voiceover work jeff would be using a similar model um when you get commercial work they pay you for like uh let's say two hundred fifty thousand um plays and then or or ears that they hear your shit and beyond that then the then it has to change and then it it continues on this would be the same thing as that it would be like you're going to license this game to stream it in front of x number of people for x number of hours and then after that you're going to come back and you've got to You've got to uh, spend some more money. Okay, well, here's, here's what would happen. Everyone would stop, except for, like, maybe three people. And the amount of money that the, that the developers and publishers would make off of the licensing would be a piss in the wind mm-hmm. in comparison to the amount of free advertising and turnover of sales in the games that streamers play. Literally same- pissing in the wind. It's the same as the music. It really is the it, no. It's the same. It's the same the argument. Music. The the yeah. problem. You know, the 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 difference is in the video game market. The publishers are willing to understand that in new media they can work with content creators and make more money. Yes. By not having them jump through all those legal hoops. Yes. Than the opposite. Yes. Even Nintendo hasn't completely come down that hard on people. Other than taking revenue from the YouTube videos themselves, they still let people actually make the video. And if you are making money externally YouTube advertising, they don't come after you for that money. So like even Nintendo knows and Nintendo's the worst. Yes. Even Nintendo hasn't stepped up and done that shit. You like you would end all of it immediately. You were talking about a, a content creation being a multi, 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 multi billion dollar industry. Yep. You were talking about an industry that is worth so much that Amazon got in on it. Your own parent company is in on it and trying desperately to make it work. Literally, Google going in and buying YouTube years ago and then going ahead and making a streaming platform on their service knowing full well what it means should tell you everything that you need to know. Do you think if you went to went to Google's headquarters and sat down with the heads for Google Gaming and the and YouTube or like YouTube Gaming and YouTube's major platform and said, "Hey guys, we should be like helping these developers and publishers make their money in licensing fees from the content creators playing these games." They wouldn't. They would kick your ass out that window. That fucking meme where the guy like mentions the shit. Except instead of a good idea, it's the dumbest fucking idea, and your ass yep. gets tossed out a window. Yep. I mean, I, I'm not even sure the guy even believes what he's saying. Like, I, I think he might even have just been saying it to stir up some shit, which I, I don't, I don't, I, don't I, I actually have, I really don't have a rebuttal for what he says because it's so disconnected and just so, like, games are created. It's something hopes. that somebody in their 60s or 70s would say, and this man looks like he's 35. It's, 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 these games are created in hopes that people on Twitch play their game. There's a reason why these companies go to Twitch, go to streamers, and pay them hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars for for just playing the game for a weekend. Yeah. 
You know, I just got paid to play Hyper Brawl for an hour on today, uh, during my stream. Do you think I would have just picked up that game by myself and bought it and played it for the sake of just doing it? The answer is no. There are streamers that will get paid. We talked about this before. Streamers that will, for like an hour, get paid like five grand yes. to play for an hour Yes, on a game that they've it's some oftentimes is something they've already played for nothing. Yes. yes, and this guy's out here saying the companies are going to get worried and clamped down <laughs> when they could get it for free versus five thousand dollars an hour because they realize if they're paying a streamer five thousand dollars for an hour and that streamer during that hour is bringing in twenty thousand eyes, they're willing to make a five thousand dollar investment in advertising. To to get more people to see the game that t- that typically would not see the game, it's no different than them taking their advertising dollars. Actually, it is different. It's 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 more direct. They they try and target streamers in a certain category in a genre that fits their demographic of viewership, and then they pay them. the 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 tighter the demographic is, the more you get paid. So the more targeted, the more CPM rates that they can basically pay you because. Instead of going to Facebook and blasting a million dollars worth of Facebook ads for a 30-day campaign, they'd rather pay a million dollars to 20 different streamers or 50 different streamers or 100 different streamers that are – it's going to be more direct. It's going to be more personal, more uh, uh, better for their dollar. You actually expect streamers to pay a licensing fee to play a fucking game? in front of their viewers and advertise their game? No, it's a two-way street. You create great content so that we can thrive with it, and when we thrive with it, you guys benefit from us thriving from the game that you created. This is the this is that's just how it works. You don't you don't you don't pull a fucking uh um what was it? Uh who which which game was it that was trying to get people MLG to pay? To fucking have their uh, their pay a licensing or whatever, um, or somebody there was some sort of a mainstream uh, events that were trying to get these game companies to pay to to actually have their game at these places. It's like guys, you wouldn't get this viewership if this game wasn't part of your uh, your broadcast. So how are, why why in the fuck would they pay you to have their game being played there for their players to play? It's a two-way street. You host the thing, the game comes, they can bring the prize pool if they want, they, if they want to spice up. It's what StarCraft is doing. It's why StarCraft paid out all these millions of dollars to have, you know, Home Story Cup and all these other ones to continue to have their game be played in front of people. It's ridiculous. If, if, a, if a publisher actually thinks for a second that w- that we are, it's like Rockstar. Can you imagine if Rockstar went to every role player and every streamer and every YouTuber that makes Grand Theft Auto V content actually pay a licensing fee to use their content? Do you really believe that Grand Theft Auto V would have the amount of sales that it has today? The answer is no. The answer is a hard no. The answer is a, a, a massive no. The fact that Grand Theft Auto Online and the YouTube community around that and that now the Twitch community, that's the reason why the longevity is there. There's a reason why Fall Guys uh, is is as big as it is today. It's because the streamers were playing it, and nobody had to pay a licensing fee. It's the same thing what you just said with Among Us. It's the same thing with the uh, with that Phasma 
uh, phobia game. These these guys, they need the streamers to play their games. And in fact, a lot of these are, are developed around streamers. I get spam emails of these developers trying to get me to play their game. There's a reason for it. You know, the only people that don't benefit and the only person that would want to want to actually have people license their game to not be shown publicly for free is when you know you have a shit video game. Yes. And you don't want people to see it before they buy it. You are hoping yes. against all hopes that they don't watch any online content of any kind, any video reviews or anything of that nature. You are hoping against all hope that they only buy your game and find out after they can't do anything about it and play it and it's shit. That's, that's the only person that benefits in that scenario. Otherwise, it's a, uh, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yes. Uh, it's, it's everyone benefits and uh, harming one or the other is a bad idea. You just let it go as it is and everyone has a good time. So, uh, weird take fucking very odd uh the oh hold on hashtag third guy is making an appearance the creative director at stadia was also the dev lead that said they don't like women characters because their fingers are too hard to animate and work with great he would know because he probably has very womanly hands all right anyway enough of that guy because that dude is on another fucking planet he's a fucking moron uh, but, uh, there you go. Good luck with Stadia there, uh, Alex Hutchinson. I, I look forward to coming back to your, uh, your Twitter page within, you know, a two year period and seeing that you're a creative director of something else because Stadia is going to burn and die. Alex Hutchinson, next hand model coming yeah. to you. Get a nice engagement ring that I'll be buying my girlfriend. Modeled on Alex Hutchinson's hand. Thank you for putting in the work, Alex. It's greatly appreciated. Next up, in news that we all knew was coming, but it actually arrived, Blizzard has officially announced that development updates on StarCraft II are, well, major ones, are coming to an end now. That's the show. Um, so they talked about, like, the fact that there might still be some balance work done here and there, but no more major content updates or whatever. Uh, and this comes at basically the 10-year mark, give or take, of the uh, launch of StarCraft II. So, uh, with or without Blizzard being the Blizzard that they are right now, um, it's been a decade. This should probably not be a surprise. Even if Blizzard was still there, I think at this point it would have been wise for them to say the same thing. I mean, I don't even think Brood War... I mean, Brewer didn't get content updates for a decade. It it got balance changes for a decade, but otherwise it was the, it was more or less the same game since launch. So, um, so they did they did right by it for a very long time, far longer than than pretty much any other game company would uh, would bother with. And uh, and now we just sit and wait to see how much of any real balance stuff gets gets done. But at this point. In the esports scene, this is where I fully expect Brood War to creep up and completely surpass StarCraft II again. It's still majorly popular in Korea. There's actually new and young players entering the tournament scene in Korea for Brood War. Um, I think I think this is where StarCraft II just kind of like settles into its community and and we get community tournaments and stuff, and then that's that's I mean, where we're at. 
Starcraft is already settled in. Yeah. Um this this news isn't really news. This is like I mean it's okay. It doesn't change anything. So no, for, no. For, for any for anybody that uh is like, oh my god, you know, Blizzard's no longer, you know, basically updating the game. It's done. No, like, no. I mean the game the game is done. Um in terms of like uh you're not gonna get any more expansions, you're not gonna you know, it's going to be very minimal stuff that you're going to see come out uh, for for StarCraft 2. Balance updates once a year, and that's going to be basically it. You won't even see them fucking tweet about the game. They they It's making them no money. They want out. Um, and that's fine because the StarCraft 2 community is still going to host StarCraft 2 community-related tournaments. Now, with that being said, there's still like, what, two years left of the money that Blizzard put in place for StarCraft II tournaments and Reforged tournaments or whatever. Um, so we'll see what happens in two years. Um, if Blizzard decides to do another cash injection, which I don't think they are, judging by what they're saying here, they're going to be done, and then StarCraft will just run on its own. Yeah. Um, and, and that's totally fine. But with this announcement, I think it hurts the... Um, the, the, the more, the moral, the, the, the more, what's the word I'm looking for? The morale, the morality or the, the, the yeah, the, the, the morale, like you talking morale. about morale. There we just, go. Just the morale, just the morale. Yeah. It hurts the morale. Yes. Of, of a Starcraft two fan. Yes. Yeah. They didn't need to come out and say this because they've already been doing this. What, what this does, this announcement does is it just creates confusion it creates doubt. It 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 basically highlights something in a negative light that they've already been doing. So why come out and say this and just keep running it the way that you've been running it? Because you're gonna hear a lot of people now say, okay, now StarCraft is really dead. It's basically Heroes of the Storm. They're not doing anything with it. They do the odd the odd balance update or whatever, and and that's the show. And so you just basically put it into a box, and I think the announcement hurts it more than the the outcome of it because we've already been living this outcome it's they're done with it um so you know for all the starcraft 2 fans out there don't worry about this nothing changes there's not going to be any less or any more starcraft because of this um it's just it is what it is i just think it just creates a little bit of a little bit of chaos amongst stuff and 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 it is sad to see that there's going to be no more co-op cooperative updates and things like that that people enjoy so that part's a bummer um but don't sweat it too much starcraft is still going to be starcraft and the hardcores are still going to be hardcores plus yeah. we got some good rts news this week yes which is attached to this because uh many blizzard devs and leads from uh, now form frost giant a new uh, a new studio who are themselves working on a new rts that's raised a fairly substantial amount of money and includes investment from Riot themselves. It's not an enormous amount of money. I think I saw the amount was somewhere like in the neighborhood of like four point three million or something along those lines. That's like that's like um, you know um, baby's first Kickstarter uh, as far as like video game money goes in the year twenty twenty. It's good. It's enough to pay your employees and get things going. Yeah, you know? you're, you're you're paying you're paying the employees, and you can af- uh, occasionally afford a pizza Friday. Uh, for yeah. the employees at that point. Um, so not a huge amount of money, but still good to see that there is some interest, and specifically from Riot, who I believe 
Somebody I, I saw was mentioning that they had sent out a survey not long ago asking if there was interest in, in the RTS genre. And so perhaps based on the responses they were getting in that, they, um, which they've already likely been out in the market looking anyway. Maybe this was another one of those things they pointed themselves in that uh, direction to get their, their hands involved in it. Uh, if you want to know actual names, I mean, you can easily go and check the, the Frost Giant uh, homepage, but the team is headed specifically by Tim Morton, who was the former production director and uh, the man who led StarCraft II into its free-to-play live service model, and Tim Campbell, who was the original lead campaign director for Warcraft uh, 3 Frozen Throne. Um, so they've got... Uh, more than just those two guys from Blizzard. Oh, there's a, uh, there's yeah. a long, long list. Um, Artists, there. you name it. They've got them all. And so, a lot of them. Yeah, quite a number of them. So you rest assured, it's whatever game they inevitably come up with here or whatever it ends up being, it's going to look a lot like a fucking Blizzard game. And it's probably going to play a lot like a Blizzard game. Uh, and for some people, that's, you know, a... A positive thing, especially given the fact that most of these guys are from an era of Blizzard that we associated with quality, and so that that you know uh, is is a positive thing to to latch on to. The thing is, is that for me, I'm I'm excited for this to see what they can do because nobody else is really doing uh, an RTS that would be competing with StarCraft or WarCraft in that regard. Most RTSs are like RTS meets you know, uh, grand strategy. They're a little bit, they're, they're, I want to say too elaborate, but it's not necessarily what I mean, but you know what I mean? It's a little bigger. It's more single player focused. Yeah. Too. It's like, like closer it's to single player. It's not a competitive. Yeah. It's RTS. not built. It's not built like raw for competitive, uh, stuff. So yeah, I suspect that's probably the, the, the way they're going to likely go. And, and, uh, and ultimately, uh, for me right now, what I would need to see is, is them getting more money. Because $4.3 million does not a good RTS make. RTS from the ground up with no previous assets and no engine to really work with is an expensive endeavor. Yeah. Well, they said it was ra- it was a seed seed round one. So I'm yeah. sure they're, they're going to then they'll, they'll come get up more, with, you know, a proof of concept and, and show their models and, and then, you know, we get more money. So I'm not really worried about that. The thing the thing that that gets me that gets me excited is. All of the guys that are involved in this and the and the girls that are involved in this, um, they all come from RTS. They all love RTS. Um, they're the right people. The only people they're literally missing is like Dustin and 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 Michael Morheim, yeah. who are over at um, you know uh, Dreamhaven uh, doing whatever. I would have been uber excited if it was a Dreamhaven. Uh, it was under like the Dreamhaven well, umbrella. They do. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, Mike's portion of Dreamhaven is a more of a money a, like acquisition, and yeah. like, he's he's so like the sugar they, daddy. Maybe so, they get on board with with uh, Frost Giant, um, and then you have literally the the actual RTS gods. And I mean, the this this group of people are basically the overlords pun intended of yeah. of rts yeah so if somebody's going to come out and generate the hype um somebody's going to come out and create an rts and actually make a real uh sort of a sequel the next big thing of starcraft 
Uh, and when I say sequel, I don't mean like an actual StarCraft property, but the next RTS that is going to be celebrated and played and taken serious, these guys are the ones to do it because I don't believe that there's any other company, Riot included, um, unless they had these individuals working at Riot for this specific game that could get all of the influencers, the professional players, all pumped up and ready to go for whatever RTS that they're making. And when you have that, it's going to create that foundation for the hype. It's going to create the foundation for the players um, and the credibility for people to actually play this thing and for it to start start off on a good foot. Um, so I'm really, I'm actually very excited about this. This is still at the very infant stage. They don't even know yet, and I've been reading up more and more on this. They don't even know if they're going to create a new IP. They might actually end up using another IP and building an RTS on that, you know? So we don't know exactly what they're going to do. They don't even know if it's going to be a sci-fi, if it's going to be a, a modern day thing. It's, we, we have no clue, and they don't even really know. The only thing that they know is that they've raised some money. They've got all the right people on the same page for the same thing, and just they're going to go and create something that they love for the hardcore RTS gamers. And the big thing that they also said is they're going to make it so that it's more casual friendly, but still keeping the very high competitive stakes of what an eSport and the professionals want. So instead of just making it easier for not hardcore RTS fans to get in and actually play the game and enjoy it, but then still catering to us, you know, guys like myself that are in it for it being extremely hard. That's what makes RTS RTS. If you dumb it down like a MOBA, um, no offense, I'm sorry. I know that, you know, there, there are MOBAs out there that are harder to play and I get it, but let's keep it a hundred. Starcraft is the hardest game competitively to play on the planet. It always has been. It always will be until maybe we have the next our big RTS and it needs to stay difficult and it needs to have that integrity for it to be the next big thing that we celebrate for the next 15 years or the next 20 years. Um, and if they want to take Starcraft off its throne, because ultimately in order for, for RTS to really be big as well, another RTS, we're going to need, we're going to need to convert Starcraft two almost needs to die. Uh, Brood war is going nowhere. I mean, I don't give a fuck what I listen. It could come up. Frost Giant could come up with the single greatest thing since sliced bread, and it could be incredible. Nothing is dethroning Brood War in terms of like uh, its loyalty and its place in gaming history and where it will continue to go. That's just cemented. But StarCraft II is kind of this uh, thing that we tolerate and we play and we enjoy uh, because it's all we have. If Frost Giant comes up with a great game, we almost need StarCraft II to die. And have this next thing take its place. Um, and I think it's very possible with this team. And it's very, it's very, very telling. Uh, and I was reading something about uh, with these guys in an interview. They tried to get StarCraft 3 or uh, another RTS being made in Blizzard. They tried. And Blizzard did not want to fork the money out uh, to, to make an RTS because it's not profitable. They didn't want to make it. So what did these guys do? They all formed their own little thing. Morheim left as well. It's funny how all this shit has happened. You can plainly and clearly see 
that people love RTS. And it's almost like all the ones that were involved with RTSs within Blizzard are gone. They're gone. They're they're deuced. They're, they're, they're fuck this. I'm I'm out of here. And now they're all getting together to create something else. This gets me excited. I mean, I'm fucking I'm jazzed about this. And to to think that we might have a playable beta or an alpha in the next few years uh, is nice. And by the time StarCraft Two runs out with this uh, cash injection that Blizzard has. Hopefully, we'll have uh, some sort of prototype or alpha to play to get people excited so that people just don't give up on RTS uh, in general. And they have we have some sort of sense of direction and where we can go in a couple of years. There's nothing more. Listen, man, I'm getting older. Uh, and I'm speaking this from StarCraft passion here because I, a lot of people here forget that I love me some StarCraft. I love it more than anything. I love it more in Grand Theft Auto. I love it more than any other fucking uh, League of Legends uh, or any other game I've ever played. StarCraft II is a massive part of my life. It really is. I wouldn't have any of this if it, if it wasn't for the love that I have for StarCraft. The reality is, is it, hasn't, it just wasn't lucrative anymore. It just wasn't the thing to do in a smart business decision to keep doing it. The, the thing is, is I'm getting older. And what I love hearing with, the, with this team is they all understand me. They all understand me as a gamer and understand the StarCraft II uh, enthusiasts. We're, we're an older generation of gamer. We would love to have the, the new generation of gamer uh, join in on the fun. Love to have them. They all stay understand that they got to dumb it down a little bit or at least not dumb it down, but make it more accessible for the new generation to kind of latch onto a part of the game or maybe a mode of the game that they can play and enjoy and promote and, and celebrate. They get that. But what I love about this team is they're, 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 they're diehards. It's like, it's like if you had a favorite musician, a band and the band had some phenomenal music and they're full of talented people, and they create this, 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 this decade or two decades of, of awesome music, and then they, they disband. And they disband because the record label is saying, yo, guys, we don't want you making this type of music anymore because it, we, we need, we need the, the, the Taylor Swift fans to start buying your albums. And they're like, nah, bro, I'm sorry, but this is, we understand real music. We're real musicians back here. We actually play instruments. Uh, we have talent. Um, no offense, Taylor Swift. You know, you're talented and great, but you're dumbed down, right? So we actually have talent here, and we're not about to create your fucking garbage music to sell records. And this is the reason why all of the big heads and the ones that understand community left Blizzard. They're gone because the soul of blizzard is dead they want money that's it and that's fine have your money but they don't it they want it to the extreme where they don't give a fuck anymore about community and about what we want as the ones that helped blizzard get to where blizzard is today so that they could be bought out for a bagillion dollars and then sell the fuck out i get it so what did they do they lost everybody essentially it's dead there. It's a heartless money soul train. That's what it is. Let's just speak. It's just facts. 
So all these guys, these musicians, the ones that actually play the guitar, the ones that are creating the riffs that everybody else copies in today, the ones that actually don't have to use auto-tune and spice it up and do everything engineer-wise behind the scenes to make the smoke and mirrors so that it sounds good, the real musicians, the real artists, the ones that love the genre of RTS are actually getting together to create magic again. And they don't have this money overlord going, no, there's not enough microtransactions. No, we need the 14-year-olds on board. We have these real musicians or these artists that are coming back together. They've got the band back together, Adam. And spoiler it is, here's the spoiler alert. They know how to still play music. The real music, music that speaks to my soul, not to a 14-year-old that's doing the floss. They're out here creating and, 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 and not going at RTS in a way that is going to be uber, ultra, super, amazingly commercial successful. They're going to make a successful game, but they're going to do it with integrity and with community and heart. And that gets me excited that they don't have Blizzard Activision over their fucking throats telling them they need to do it this way, that way. They've got a bunch of nerds together that love the nerdiness of RTS, that understands the genre more than anyone else ever in the history of RTS. And they're getting together and they're bringing the band together. That's what gets me pumped. And the fact that we could have a game a shell of a game in a few years gets me fucking amped because in three years, Adam, I'm going to go, what, what is gaming for me? Because gaming for me now sucks. I want a game that I can fall in love with, that I can grow with, not just in a streaming standpoint, but for just an enjoyment standpoint. And they get it. And they're hopefully going to make something that I can play for the next decade. So when I'm 42 years old and my son's down here playing Fortnite 7, I can actually sit down and play whatever Frost Giant is playing and enjoy it and not feel like I'm playing a fucking cartoon for 12-year-olds. Something sophisticated made by real artists that understand what I want as a gamer. And if it, if it blows up and it's a big eSport, that's even better. That's even better. So, yeah, sorry. I'm going on a little bit of a, of a rant, of a bit of a tear right By now. By all means, it's I'm nice a, to have a week where, where you're doing it and not me. But I'm just excited because I love RTS. It's in my blood. And finally, I don't have to pretend get excited for some publisher. I have no fucking clue who they are that's dabbling in RTS. And then just like part of me just prays and hopes it's good. And it, it, it always ends up not being Starcraft or not being Warcraft or not being that type of competitive and not even just competitive, but that quality, the attention of detail, the, 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 that it factor, that fucking thing that you wake up in the morning, you know, I can't fucking wait to ladder. Today. You want, you want to know what the secret sauce is there, Jeff? Pride in your work is the difference maker. The, the difference between the, the majority of games that are out there, popular or not, 
And what you're discussing right now and the, the people that were at Blizzard making these games and why they were so much better in, in their genre than everyone else is because everyone, from top to bottom, from Mike Morheim down to the dude who fucking collects coffee and sweeps the floor, had enormous amount of pride in their work and were masters of their craft at the same time. That's a rare, rare combination. It was the old slogan at Blizzard of it'll be, re- it'll be released when it's done. Yeah. You know, the classic, there was no release date. It was, we'll let you guys know. And you only say that when you give a fuck. You don't, you don't, quality. you don't even set expectations. <clears throat> you don't even say, you don't even say that it, like coming out you know, July, 2021. And then you get to like March and you're like, all right, uh, it's actually going to be December, 2021. And then it's, you know what? You don't even say that. You just say, you know what? It's going to be done when it's done and we'll let you know. And that's okay. As long as when you release that, it's a fucking home run and blizzard pretty much did nothing but create grand slams. Yep. But if you try and do that shit, and you're not making a home run, or you keep delaying your game ad nauseum and setting expectations, uh, you're just doomed to fucking fail. The, I agree. That is the difference, is pride in your work and skill. That in combination together. That's all it is. All of these people that are on this project, enormously skillful, masters of their craft. Best in the industry. Within that genre. And it's that's not even a subjective thing. That's no, a facts. that's facts. actually just reality. That's yeah. That's no offense to other people in the industry. It's not that you're not it's not that you're not good. It's just these guys are better. And by a margin, quite large. And they look like And then know. they and then they give and then the, the second step to that is they give a fuck. Yes. And, yes. and here's the thing is that a lot of, a lot of like the little guys in terms of like the guys not making the decisions. So the actual developers, meaning like the programmers, the artists and stuff, most of the time they give a fuck, but their ability to produce greatness is hindered by the guys making the decisions in the form of timelines, um, unrealistic goals, scope. Um, reliance on mechanics and shit that you know are going to go fucking tits up. Reusing old hardware and old software, millions and millions of years old. Me, like that's that's the kind of shit that holds you back. These guys are going to have the guys at the top of the company be unmatched in their craft and unmatched in their passion for the specific genre that they're getting invested and involved in. And that goes down the chain throughout every employee in that company. And that's why you are very likely to see, even though it is an RTS and it isn't generally speaking a profitable genre to enter into, you will still see those guys and girls get funding in multiple rounds because of who they are and that people know that all they do is produce good 
good video games. That's all they've ever done. It's, um, if anyone else tried to do this, they aren't going to make $4 million in the first round. They oh, might not, they're not going to make $4 million in all the rounds. Um, RTS as a genre, if it isn't these people making it, it ain't is, happen. in my opinion, and, and some people would disagree, dead. As far as developers and publishers are concerned, because it simply doesn't make enough money. You are not going to spend all of your time and energy and resources to make a game that has such a low probability of making any real return. These are the guys that have a hope in fucking hell of making an honest-to-God return on their work for making an RTS. And I wish them all the luck in the world because even though they are those people, they're the fucking A-team. The fact of the matter is is that RTS is an extraordinarily difficult genre. Making one from scratch is even more difficult. And while a lot of these guys have been involved at, at building out RTSs and stuff, I don't know how many of them have been there from building it from floor up. If you know what I mean. A lot. A lot. And and not only that, um the, the, when when you're you're right, it is extremely, extremely tough. Um, these guys can do it. And they even said building one from the scratch is a, a That's process. Just wild. It's a process. Um, it's one that they're they're looking forward to tackling. Um, but the great thing about it <clears throat> is is because they have this team, if you go to any StarCraft 2 caster player personality anybody in the last week can you go to their twitter they're that's all, all they're talking about, about. yeah they're all, they're all coming out the woodwork yeah nobody nobody uh that i've seen is not excited about this oh. and that's something that no other rts that has has had to date no no other rts and i don't think anybody well, why would else they? well i mean you know people love rts and starcraft isn't thriving i mean it's not in a horrible place by any means but I think a lot of it is they're getting excited because StarCraft is is dying out. A lot of these guys, and this is not to say that, like, to take away from their hype. I'm I'm looking forward to this too, and I'm not even an RTS player. But to keep in mind, these are a bunch of guys. You're gonna, you're seeing everyone come out the woodwork. Every caster that's ever lived, new yeah. and old. Every player that's well, ever lived, hope. new and old. It, it gives them hope. They're like I can come career. back into relevancy. Uh, like they're all getting excited, not to mention, not, you know, withstanding this game is like five years away from, from having a hope of being out if we're lucky. Um, it's, you know, that, but it speaks to the, the, you know, StarCraft's community specifically in terms of within the genre of RTS, how desperate they are to have that feeling again and get back into it again. And what it tells me is that they might love, they might love StarCraft. But they're ready to love something else. Yeah, that's true. No, and and yeah. since they're all Blizzard employees, pretty much, that, that makes it all the more juicy for them, right? Is that because they want... It's like they want to love StarCraft. And outwardly, they put their whole lives into it, pretty much, and so they, they don't even want to publicly announce that they're not even that into it. But I think, I think deep down in their heart, they're not all... <laughs> They're not all that into it, and they're looking for something else to grab onto so that they can continue it. Uh, because, you know, if they could go backwards to Brood War, they would, but nobody's going backwards to Brood War. You're either in Brood War now, 
or you're not. And you pretty much have to live in Korea <laughs> to, make, to make that happen. But either way, very exciting in general. I will be wildly interested in how much money this thing makes in the various rounds of funding to see what the industry guys think. We all know what we think. Yeah. We're all hype, but the guys with the money that are going to fund this game, we don't know exactly how they're going to react to this. But like we said, if anyone was going to get the money, these guys. this is it. And if they don't yep. get all the money, then you might as well just fucking throw this shit out the window. <laughs> out the window. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> this Straight is up. it. This is your marker. This is, this is the, is it even possible? Uh, the watermark. Uh, next up. Uh, where am I in this list of stuff? Ah, here we go. Uh, Phil Spencer has said in an interview, this kicked up quite a bit of, of, uh, not controversy, but just discussion on Twitter here, um, a few days ago now. Phil Spencer said in an interview, uh, that while it is not their motivation, they do not need to sell the Elder Scrolls 6 on the PlayStation in order to recoup their investment. This was like a direct question by the interviewer who, who listed Elder Scrolls 6 specifically and the PlayStation specifically. Um, he didn't, you know, they didn't ask, for example, do you need to, um, do you need to make many of these games exclusives, uh, exclusives to make your money back? They called out specifically Elder Scrolls 6, specifically the PlayStation platform. Um, and his response was immediately, no. And then he elaborated quite substantially to say that, it's not, it's not that that is the plan or our goal because we want people to be able to, we want as many people as possible to play these games. Makes sense. But it doesn't, like we don't have, he, he doesn't want people to think that they have to do that in order to make all their money back. So people took that as immediately meaning that that was like the answer to is Elder Scrolls 6 going to be exclusive? And everyone was like, oh my god, they're going to make Elder Scrolls exclusive? Which could still happen. I personally yeah. don't see it happening. Uh, I, I, I can see it happening for a while. I could see at, at most and then, and then a one-year timed exclusive. Yeah. That's on the high end. Yeah. But there is really, the thing that I, I keep trying to stress to people about about this is that there is no real major downside to not making uh, games exclusive. Which well, sounds counterproductive, but the reality is, with Game Pass being what it is, Microsoft get like I talked about this on the podcast before, in my opinion, Microsoft gets, gets a form of like marketing by osmosis or by proxy whereby you have Elder Scrolls 6 for the PlayStation 5, $89.99 or $109 exclusive edition with the, the Season Pass, the horse armor, and Todd Howard's uh, miniature leather bomber jacket. And you can get in on that, that option. And then on Microsoft's side, you go, all right, well, if you have the Game Pass, which, like, I don't know, by the time that game comes out, probably 40 million people will have the Game Pass. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get the Elder Scrolls 6... And all of the content that ever comes out for it, whenever it hits on day one, on Game Pass, congratulations, that's it. That's all you have to do. There's no, there's no hundred plus dollar buy-in for the content. Yeah, you don't get a miniature version of Todd Howard's leather bomber jacket, but that's okay. You get, you get, you get the game and all the content 
And that's just not for that one game. That's for the hundreds of games on yeah. that service for $10 a month on the PC, yeah. $15 a month on the Xbox. And so when you're comp- uh, for a console player or even a PC player looking at this on, their, on the consoles they might own, I mean, that's like, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's such a huge dub for Microsoft. You see $100 on one side, $10 on the other. It's like a fucking no-brainer. And so there's a bit of, of, of like low-key marketing that can be done while still making money off of selling it on the PlayStation 5. They still get licensing fees. They still make money on every unit sold. But they also get the benefit of having it be stacked up against their, their pony, the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S, the Game Pass specifically. And so I think that, uh, oh yes, I have to post text support on Patreon. Good thing. Um, so I think that it's less likely than people, th- that people, or than people think that so many of Bethesda's games will be exclusive. Um, and like you said, at the very least, I doubt that even if they were to be exclusive, it would be a timed at, at worst. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bigger chance than than what you think, but at the same time, you make valid points. Like the only the only way I see them making an exclusive is if that is just part of the poll to get more um, Game Pass sales. And force people to get into Game Pass. You know, it's basically like saying Disney. It's okay for them to to put out Mandalorian on Netflix, or Mandalorian, um, or a better a better thing would be not next Netflix is another subscription, but to 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 put Mandalorian and uh, uh, put it on Blu-ray to buy. Um. Or stream it, uh, make it so that you can pay for it on Amazon or iTunes to stream. Um, instead of getting a, a subscription, you can just pay per episode or pay for the season to stream. That's probably a better way to look at it. Um, Disney's not going to do that. And the reason why Disney's not going to do that is because Disney wants their baby to bring in as many subscriptions as possible. And they don't want any other place to be able to have, uh, to have people to have access to that content because that is not what, uh, that's just sure. They might make money elsewhere. Yeah, sure. They could sell Mandalorian, uh, on iTunes if they wanted to. It's like what, it's like what Disney plus is doing with, with, uh, Mulan, except they did it worse. Uh, on their own platform than they did on other platforms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what Disney is doing with Milan, where it was going to be an exclusive. Don't don't get me wrong, bro. They were not going to be selling that shit on iTunes and all no. that. They just made no fucking money, bro. That movie sucked. Uh, they, it, it, it got fucked. So what did they do? They went and fucked their, their people, their uh, subscribers even more. And you also got to think of that as a Game Pass subscription. There's a sense of loyalty. Well, what exactly, why, why do people have the ability to buy this elsewhere? They should, they should join us. 
you know, um, that is that that it's it's I know it's a bit of an extreme, but it's it's a real thing where where people are going to. And not only that, if Skyrim, for example, uh, say Elder Scrolls six is just Game Pass only, you know, damn well, you're going to get Game Pass. I'm going to get Game Pass. Um, if it was available on PlayStation, I ain't buying Game Pass. It's just facts. Um, there's not a lot of properties that could get me to do that. It's like Game of Thrones. If it's on HBO, I'm buying HBO. Ask me if I'm buying HBO if Game of Thrones ain't on it. No, it ain't happening. I'm 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 just I'm not there. It's the same thing with Game Pass. If you can get those ultra titles and that and and that or or that developer and get them specifically on there, that's gonna sell more Game Pass. And it's not just the game. And the game sales that, that they're probably worried about and taking into consideration, it's that advertising of Game Pass. And then when you have Game Pass, you're more likely to try out other games. And when you try out other games, you're more likely to buy uh, DLC or microtransactions on those. You're more likely to want to play older catalogs of newer games. It just It's an infrastructure and an ecosystem that basically, once you get them, then you milk them. And you know, converting me into Game Pass right now would not only would they get my subscription, but I might be more likely to try out some other games, which then could turn into more dollars. So um, do I think that it'll be an exclusive forever? Probably not. But at the same time, if they did say, you know what? Sorry, guys, this is going on. This is going on Game Pass and Game Pass only. It's gonna be a lot of upset people. Um, And I get that. But I also wouldn't put it past them. Man, that's that's the thing about the Elder Scrolls Six is that that would be like if the that's the elephant in the room, right? Nobody yeah. else is asking. Hey, is Fallout going to be exclusive? Like, hey, is Wolfenstein going to be exclusive? Like, nobody's going to ask that. The first thing they're going to ask is is the Elder, Elder Scrolls. Scrolls Six, which is a generational game. Yep. Every time it comes out, is that going to be be exclusive? And so internally. Um, you know, in my estimation, if you are going to do that, if you're going to make it exclusive and it's, and, and it would be, and it, on paper, it makes sense because obviously you will convert a bajillion people to game pass. Oh yeah. And buy an Xbox and buy, or think, just, think about, it doesn't, they or, don't care or, about the system. They just care about game pass. Yeah, that is true. That that's, is true. that's all they care about. But on top of that, Adam, look how much money they paid for this fucking Look, well, look it's seven and a half billion dollars, but Bethesda's not going anywhere. It's not like they have to make this money back in the next three years, uh, or the or it's it was a bad deal. You know, they paid seven and a half billion dollars less for Bethesda and more for the intellectual property that Bethesda and Zenimax own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they I, honestly, if I'm just keeping a hundred, Bethesda as a game company is as useful as the shit that I took this morning and had to follow it up later because it wasn't complete. That that's the the level of of competency that Bethesda has right now. Fallout seventy six is the most embarrassing video game to ever be released, and I'm talking about comparing that shit to like No Man's Sky. You had a triple A developer where Todd Howard went out in that bomber jacket and told everyone over and over again that they had recruited every single fucking studio under Bethesda, which I don't need to remind you how many studios and how many people that is and talked about how it's bigger and better and lighting and all the fucking weird shit that he talked about 
um, you know, and then released it and fucked it in ways that we didn't think were possible as one of the largest publishers of video games. And then you take it a step further. And after release, you fuck people three, four, five times over. You release mass amounts of customer info. You fuck up all of the exclusive uh, limited edition stuff. The rum is a mess. The thing in the bottle that the rum comes in is a fucking mess. The canvas bag isn't even canvas. You get like a class action fucking lawsuit for false advertising. You tell people that it's just the way that it is and there's nothing that can be done about it. You continue to patch the game and people end up finding ways to get in and completely fucking hack it and take all the shit and, and grief people and whatnot. And so you just take people's ability to access the game uh, out completely. It's just The list is endless. It's endless. Bethesda as a company right now, in terms of making the games, is worthless. It's worth zero dollars and zero cents. The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Wolfenstein, these are games worth a shitload of money. These are games worth $7.5 billion. That's what they paid for. They didn't pay for Pete Hines and Todd fucking Howard. No. They paid for those games but and those also, IPs. And and the reason why I think that there's a higher chance than what you may think is because with those games and with a a, a new promise of of we're going to do right by these by these IPs, they might just might make this an exclusive. Here's and, the, here's what I think. They make it an exclusive if Microsoft actually gets involved in in the development. If Microsoft steps in and says, all right, guys, we got to be honest with you, you're shit. And while you've been making these games for 15, 20 years, we can't trust you to do this on your own because we just spent seven and a half billion dollars and we got to make sure that this thing comes out right. And we're and if they're going to do an an exclusive to Game Pass or exclusive to Xbox, then they're going to get involved heavy. Mm-hmm. They're going to fund it. They're going to send devs. They're going to get A teams together to make it an absolutely incredible experience. Because Jeff, if they fucking make Elder Scrolls Six a Microsoft Xbox PC Game Pass exclusive, and it comes out and it hits like a fucking Skyrim 7 out of 10 mm. and you're still getting the same 25 year old bugs game over and everything else is now playing better <clears throat> you're done done yeah because not only do you now have Todd Howard and Pete Hines with a combined value of zero dollars and zero cents but now you have the Elder Scrolls worth even less money as an intellectual property you have exactly one shot with the Elder Scrolls, one shot with Fallout, and maybe two or three shots with Wolfenstein. Probably two. To hit absolute fucking grand slams. And if you don't, it's over. People will say nothing has changed. That's the show. I'm just going to go back to Skyrim. I can play it on my fridge thanks to 
Xbox, you know, X or fucking Microsoft's like uh, X Cloud. I'm gonna play it on my fridge, and I'm gonna install anime titty mods, and I'm just gonna roll around over and over in a in a in a giant pile of anime titties, and that's it. Yep, that's what's gonna happen. And so I don't. The reason why I'm skeptical is because it depends on how much, in my opinion, involvement Microsoft has. Because if they're smart, which Phil Spencer has been fucking 500 IQ plays for quite some time now, years, to get to this point, I believe Phil Spencer is not stupid enough to allow them to their own devices on a $7.5 billion buyout. And so... Well, well, it is is kind of telling as well that he just, he wanted to let the world know. We don't need to put this game on any other no on any other platform to break even. We don't. Well, the reality is is that they only need X number of subscriptions with yep. with the Game Pass to be making billions of dollars a year. So yep. uh, whether it doesn't it does it's not going to matter. They're going to make their money back on Bethesda one way or the other. Yep. Um, but obviously they're going to want to position those games as best as they can to make as much money as they can out of the uh, out of the pickup. But yeah, for now, God only knows. Uh, we won't know until later on. We still don't even know if the Elder Scrolls Six is going to be out before we're fucking 40. So um, people probably don't need to be too worked up about that right now. Um, we are years out yeah. from seeing anything. So we'll wait and see. Um, oh, and here we go. We've hit Twitch. We haven't even made it anywhere down. Well, some of these go quick after this. I put all the really heavy, meaty stuff up top. PlayStation, uh, oh no, sorry. Uh, but Twitch hits uh, hard with the first real uh, wave of DMCA takedowns, as we talked about before. Uh, did you get hit with any yourself? Nope. Near to die. And that's because months ago, you and I scoured our shit. I purged. Purged. Downloaded and purged. And I haven't touched a single licensed uh, music track, whether it was in oh, a I video have. game or not. I haven't touched. I haven't touched a single. I listened to the same Dead Life album on repeat for the intro of my stream, and then I have exclamation point B Y O M for bring your own music, so that you watch my stream. You're gonna get game audio. I was playing Tony Hawk with no in-game soundtrack. I was listening to it myself in my headphones. And only pumping the game audio to the stream. <clears throat> Bring your own. Listen to it yourself. You go on Spotify. The whole soundtrack was there. You listen to the own fucking thing on your own headphones. You want the full experience. Otherwise, you can listen to whatever the shit you want to listen to. Taylor Swift, go for it. Nickelback, go for it. You want to listen to anything you fucking want. But I'm not. I'm not risking the shit because of what's happening right now. Twitch sent out fucking hordes of emails to partners big and small, and streamers in general, to inform them that one or more of their videos in some indiscriminate or, or, or indetermined amount of, uh, of time or non, a, a non-disclosed amount of time is probably the right word to say, uh, and that they had gone ahead and done them the solid of deleting all the content for them and dealing with those DMCA notices. Now... Most of that, I imagine, is because, well, Twitch doesn't really have a back end for content creators to deal with these things in the first place, so they didn't have a choice anyway. But, uh, 
what they wrote here, I'll read the email specifically, is, no, for God's sake, I can't even read that on this screen. It's not available to me. Fucking really, Twitter? Hold on, one sec. I can get there in like two seconds. I believe. I mean, I, I, I see it. Uh, for some reason, uh, it's probably because I'm not logged in on Twitter on that here. PC. Here, here, here. Well, I mean, I can, I can, oh, here we go. I found I, it. I got it. I got it. Uh, all right. Uh, we are writing to inform you that your channel was subject to one or more of these DMCA takedown notifications and that the content identified has been deleted. We recognize that by deleting this content, we are not giving you the option to file a counter-notification or seek a retraction from the rights holder. In consideration of this, we have processed these notifications and are issuing you a one-time warning to give you the chance to learn about copyright law and the tools available to manage the content on your channel. And then they would then they went on to talk about uh, that they are like I said on Friday going back to their old you know the old DMCA system and so it'll you're not getting any more warnings whatever the fuck that means uh, good luck and Godspeed and so it was another few days uh, or a couple days of every content creator on Twitter lamenting it deleting shit wiping manverse game i think is in the midst of wiping 10 plus years of of stream content what i did uh and uh and and going through all of that and it's you know here's here's the deal right here's the deal ultimately as far as i'm concerned i don't give a fuck that i can't play <coughs> licensed music on my streams or not I gotta be honest with you, it didn't change my life in the slightest. The year's 20 godforsaken fucking 20. We have the technology where I can easily listen to whatever the shit I want. I can listen to 4K porn in the background in my headphones and not pass that shit onto the stream. They just get gameplay audio, whatever the fuck it is that I'm playing. And everyone, and I mean everyone, has the ability to listen to whatever the fuck music they want on the other side and nobody has to worry about copyright. Doesn't matter. So it didn't change my life in the slightest. But what I do have a problem with and take issue with is that Twitch is not providing any true tools on the back end of their website to properly manage content, both new and decade plus old, for all of the shit that's there. And they send this email out like they're being fucking benevolent and giving everyone a reach around, like, hey, we're doing you a solid. We recognize that we're not allowing you to uh, counterclaim or, or to have it uh, asked to be removed. So we deleted it for you already. You're welcome. Oh, and by the way, you have like 72 hours to figure this out because we're going to turn it back to the old system here and not delete it automatically anymore. So have fun. Um, that's what I have a problem with, is how Twitch is handling it both going forward with tools and for the stuff that we have to deal with right now as content creators. I already went through the expense and the pain and suffering months ago. Jeff did the same thing. Uh, and what they're now also talking about with, with their Twitter or Twitter threads. I saw Twitch is basically alluding to the fact that 
um, live takedowns will also begin to start happening? Uh, no, they haven't really said that. They alluded uh, to it yeah. is what I say. They didn't say yeah. it outright, but they alluded yeah, to they, it. They've got, they've got some lawyer guy that has been basically the... I'm going to be honest. <clears throat> I think some of this is fear tactics. Um, I'm speculating. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm purely speculating here, but, you know, Twitch gave a bunch of people notifications and there's been a lot of people that I've heard that never played music. Yeah, it's in-game music that's getting shown up. But is it? But is it? Like, think about this for a second. Well, you can you can at least right now. Like, okay, so b- before the takedowns and stuff, there's a tool that's available. I don't think it's Twitch made. It's probably third party where you can see what sections of your stream when they get muted in VODs, what was actually the problem. So what Twitch's back end is scanning, recognizing, and muting. And Bro, in, in Grand Theft Auto, yeah. sirens yeah. sometimes get muted. And you're... Sure. you're your your track will get muted for 30 minutes because of sirens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally think and and I'm once again I'm speculating. I have I have no fucking clue, right? I think Twitch is trying to scare as many people as possible um into changing uh their uh into into basically not telling people to stop playing music. Listen, if this is if this is such a huge problem and Twitch does not want you doing it, then say you're going to ban people that play music. Make it a site-wide thing. Anybody that plays music, you lose your partnership. Not this play music and if you get caught, then you get a strike. Well, Twitch isn't the one that cares. Twitch is, Twitch is like the middleman here. But Twitch needs to start caring, right? And so I think what 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 is going on is I think there's a lot of fear tactics going. I think they're scaring a lot of people into deleting a lot of their content. I think um they don't want to just come out and be the 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 platform that says no music. Don't do it. Like if it's against terms of service, then why aren't you punishing people for it? But you're only going to punish people if if they get if they if if a flag happens, like if it's really that serious, right? And it's then well, why it's not, not serious for Twitch because Twitch actually doesn't have any liability right now. All of that liability is passed on to the end. So if you if you as a streamer, when you sign the contract, especially as a partner, or you have the you agree to the terms when you sign up to use the site in the first place as a content creator, even before you're a partner. Twitch dumps liability of anything that you do on their site directly back onto you. And that's why if anything with a DMCA comes through, it's going through you and it's not necessarily going to Twitch. Twitch isn't the one that's going to be paying the money for the DMCA claim. Should it go all the way through? I get, I totally get that. Yeah. I, I, I totally get that, but it's in their terms of service and it's like, you know, other platforms, you can play music. It's not a problem. YouTube. It's not a problem. Facebook, it's not a problem. But it's a problem on Twitch. Well, it's not a problem on YouTube because the the system is automated in such a way and works well enough at this point that uh, that people can at least counter 
the claims if necessary uh, and and get eventually that shit sorted if they in fact actually have rights to whatever it is that's there. Otherwise, the content stays up. The problem with Twitch right now is because they don't have any tools or whatever, a DMCA claim is going to result in the video going to have to be deleted anyway, and if and Twitch doesn't have any tools! That's yeah, the problem! Well, is- my, my, my guess is, bro, this is my guess, a lot of people got flagged. Oh, a ton of people. No, and they did nothing wrong. I think a lot of people, there was no flag. There, there's what, tell me, tell me if, if, if there was a problem, right? And if there's a DMCA strike, it usually shows the clip and it tells you exactly what it was, what entity is claiming it and so on and so forth. Nothing was given. Nothing. It's just, we removed it. Well, what did you remove? Can can you at least tell me, show me the clip? Well, that's the biggest problem here is that they're is that they're not showing you what was removed, why, what why? was what was clip anything, and and uh, and that's it. And I suspect, honestly, I think the bigger thing here is is that so much got hit that they didn't want it. They right now their solution was delete it all, closes the claims out, and send an email that's a boilerplate to everyone that had an account that we had to delete shit on. That's the lowest amount of work for Twitch to do while maintaining streamers' accounts with the DMCA not resulting in a takedown and not having to build tools. That's what this first... uh, Twitch might actually be in the midst of trying to build tools in a scramble to fucking keep up with this shit. Yeah. But I, I think that what we saw right now is to not put a tinfoil hat on, I think it's less about that and more about the fact that they didn't want to have to do the amount of work it would have taken to individually let everyone know all of the shit that was flagged on all of their videos because they don't have the tools on the back end to do that themselves. They can see it, but they don't have any way of notifying people. They would have had to pay people to sit down and manually fucking type in or try and use their database to try and fill that shit out and build a tool internally to fill out forms to send off to people in very short order. Why not tell people what has been flagged? Even if even if even if they wanted to just delete the content and say, you know, it is what it is, you have till Friday. Yeah. Why not tell the per- person they have the right to know? Yeah. Number 1, what was deleted off my account and number 2, what exactly was flagged? Well, I again, I'm going to say because they don't have but tools. They do have, because, yes, they do. No, no, they don't have tools. So listen, so what I mean by that is that is that if they were to tell streamers what was flagged, and let's say there were some sketchy ones, like let's say that it was some in-game music that we already know uh, a developer didn't give a shit about, or there was some siren shit or whatever, and they didn't want to have to individually watch all the stuff. They're just getting mass claims sent to Twitch for, like, in one day, a carpet bombed, overwhelmed them, and they don't want to watch all that. So they just delete all of it. They don't want to look into it. They don't want to see what it, what it is, because it might not be their system that is getting the flag. It's somebody creating claims and sending it in. So Exactly. 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 So, so... If they show people what that stuff is and it's not and it's something that they want to counter or counterclaim, Twitch does not currently have the back-end tools to allow creators to do that. They don't exist. If you're on YouTube, there are entire tools and processes 
to counterclaim or to and, or and not, yeah i get what you're saying you've said yes. that three times no I'm, but it's not, answering your question every time no. so the reason why they're not well, no, telling people not, no it's not i i what i'm saying is adam if they don't have it in place yes. they should still tell people yes. what is being flagged and but say, they're not that's what i'm trying to say jeff is they're not because if they did people would want to but they have nothing to fucking give the cr- content creators to make the counter and so it would just create an even bigger shitstorm for them. They took the lesser of the evils here work-wise by just doing it and not telling anyone what it was. Because if they did it, deleted it, and told people what they deleted, and then the people saw that shit and knew that they had stuff deleted that didn't actually need to be deleted, or that they could have actually countered before deletion, and Twitch doesn't have the tools for it, the next thing that people are going to ask for even in more on mass than they are right now is for to have the tools to be able to do the counterclaiming. But there is nothing. There's zero. People would literally have to be looking at the videos that Twitch sent them, that they had to write a tool internally and send this shit out in like 48 hours, have people sit down and see it and see that the shit that they had was actually copyright safe, go down, write a letter or an email to send it into the specific department of the content of the, of the holder that made the claim, which is not always the company because they're a third-party claimant uh, companies that do these things for them yep. and juggle all of that and still have to have on Twitch a way to deal with the fact that the copyright content is still up there. And so unless Twitch also had functions where they can make private to not just subscribers, but just make the whole video private or unlisted until the claim had been settled, and then even if it was settled, you would then have to send the confirmation from the fucking settle to yes. Twitch so that they could relist the VOD again. So you can see why they would just say fuck it. Well, you can't say, you can't just say fuck it. And this is the reason why. I'm not I saying think, they should. Yeah, but the thing is, is it doesn't change where we're going from here on out. No, it doesn't. So but it buys them time. Three days? No, it buys Twitch time. They don't give a fuck about us. It buys, this is about Twitch's buying time. Yes, Twitch is currently the one that walks around without a mask and says, I'm not wearing it because I don't get sick whether I'm wearing a mask or not. They're thinking about them. They're not thinking about the content creators. Yes, I, I, get, I I'm fucking, I fully agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is come, come tomorrow and there's random claims. What are they going to do? They got to show you what the claim is. They got to do all the things that they should have done in the first place. Well, what if they, they show the claims and shit, then they have to just have strikes and takedowns on channels. Yeah. Yes. So is they're going to so start they're basically, start- they're basically whether, whether Twitch does it or not, up front, they've bought 72 hours of tops for themselves and for content creators. Because right now what Twitch is saying is they've deleted all of the shit that's a problem. Right? It's all gone. Yeah. So what they're saying is you guys have three days to stop playing K-pop over top of your Genshin Impact streams and play fucking Monster Cat until your ears bleed or your channel's going to get removed. That's the fucking show. But it's not just that, though. You've got in-game music. You've got random other things within a game yes! that are being played. Mute well. it! Turn it off! Like I did with Tony Hawk! You take the slider that says music... And you put it to zero. That's the reality. 
If you want to fight the good fight at the same time and complain about it and have the, and like fight that shit, people should because it's bullshit. It's archaic. It's useless. It's counterproductive. It's all things that are represented by old, fat, balding rich men that are white 98% of the time that have been in the game since we're fucking grandchildren or not grandchildren, grandparents were toddlers. That's what this is about. The, it, the reality is it sucks some dick. You're going to suck some more for a bit. Your jaw's going to hurt. But right now you can't bite the dick. Because if you do, your head's going to get cut off. You got to keep sucking it and providing pleasure until the right moment arrives. When you can strike. That's not right now. You back your shit up. You, you fucking download what you can, you delete it all, and you listen or you send broadcasted, not copyright, mute, not licensed music. Most games, if you're playing World of Warcraft, you're not going to get flagged for the in-game soundtrack to World of Warcraft. This is not going to fucking happen. You play Grand Theft Auto, and you're listening to the radio, and they put on sunglasses at night? Yes! Guess what? That's a problem. You're playing The Last of Us and there's a song There's licensed music? You're fucked. (laughs) You play Tony Hawk and the most memorable part of it, other than doing unrealistic 748 spin flip tricks onto fucking pipes, climbing up a skyscraper, is the music. And guess what? If you're streaming it, the downside is you can't play it. You gotta mute it. And like, like I did, just put it on fucking Spotify and route it to your headphones and have everyone else listen to it at their own fucking computer or phone. It's not that hard. It's a pain in the ass, and it shouldn't be that way. But until Twitch builds tools that are like YouTube's, where the, the person making the claim and the person that has to counter the claim are working through YouTube's back end so that as soon as one happens and it's a yay or a nay, it shows up on the other side... Nobody wants to be sitting down writing long-winded fucking letters and shit. Twitch doesn't want to be the one to sit there, like, reading every fucking notice. Never going to happen in a million years. Twitch wants as little responsibility and as little tool building and as little anything as humanly possible to keep this shit off their hands. Because already at this point, they have zero liability. They don't mean, they don't have to worry about shit all. The only thing they need to worry about is somebody broadcasting UFC for the 19th time, making it look like they're trying to play the game UFC 4, when in reality, it's the actual UFC on a Saturday fucking night in the middle of the evening. That's what they need to worry about. And they just take the channel down. But when somebody is listening to fucking Taylor Swift's new song and crying over it while playing League of Legends as a support in the bot lane, for like the fifth straight day, 14 hours, and all they've been playing is Taylor Swift's new album on repeat? They don't need to worry about that because a claimant comes in and passes it, and then it's a problem for the streamer. The music industry, unless they really wanted to be an asshole, are not going to just show up on their doorstep and file a mas- like a massive blanket fine for all the shit. They did that with YouTube. They don't need to do that anymore. Now it's just, you know what they do? They show up on Twitch's doorstep with 410,000 envelopes, each with an individual copyright claim. And they say, have fun. You've got 24 hours. 
They give them an impossible task that forces their hand without having to litigate. And Twitch, knowing that they don't technically actually have any horse in the race there where they're going to lose money, they delete it all. They tell everyone to learn about the fact that they still can't play Tay-Tay and you got 72 hours. It causes some chaos, but this chaos, way less for them, not us, them, than if they had actually tried to go through and send out the hordes of fucking claims that came through and specific reasons for why it happened and to open up that bag of worms of content creators going, okay, so Twitch, how do I counter this? Where on the back end can I do that? I can do it on YouTube, but I can't do it here. How am I supposed to go through with that? And Twitch has got like their whole partnership shit and everything is just on fire. All right. So it's a mess. And Twitch is absolutely a shit bag. For how they're handling it. And the music industry is a shit bag for how they're handling it. But unfortunately, neither of those shit bags really give that much a fuck about us. So we just have to deal with it as it is until the shit matures. And I'm sure it will mature in time. But right now, it ain't it. Right now, you're getting an email from Twitch that literally says, Go educate yourself. You have until Friday. That's what you're, that's the cards you're being dealt. And it's garbage. So hopefully, ideally, Twitch eventually builds some tools. But right now, they haven't even collected the materials to build the tools. They're still looking at the fucking sun coming over the hill in Minecraft. And they haven't figured out that they gotta build a fucking hut before night falls. They need like fucking six pieces of dirt and a dream so they don't get killed by spiders. With no armor. That's where Twitch is at right now. YouTube? They built a fucking mansion out of pure obsidian on a hill and installed one of Jeff's patented gold stripper poles that go down to the fucking bedrock and they mine diamonds for fun and occasionally throw diamonds in Twitch's general direction. That is the gap between those two companies for how to handle this shit right now. So Twitch has got some catching up to do. Whether or not they care enough to do it, we'll have to wait and see. You know what they did enjoy, though? We mentioned this briefly, and I'll just mention it briefly one more time. AOC streamed uh, Among Us with Pokimane and Dr. Lupo and the gang. I'm probably convinced at least 15,000 people to go vote. And that was all they were looking for. Very popular. She was a natural. I don't know if you got to see see any of it, but she actually, like, I've, I've seen worse streams from people who have been streaming for six or seven years. <laughs> she, well, I mean, she's a public speaker, so... I she mean, she did well. Yeah. She did well. So, yeah, it, and it went well. 430 plus thousand concurrent. Number two all time. Second only to uh, the power duo of Ninja and Drake back in 2018. That's not bad for your first stream. Uh, next up, 2K Games continues to be legendary as they include unskippable pre-match advertisements in NBA 2K21. They have since said that it was unintentional and will be sorting it out. Uh, I guess the real question is, why have full-blown advertisements in a full-price game in the first place? 
Uh, licensed merch and billboards that you'd see on a regular basketball court. Okay. Full-blown, unskippable ads in a game that you paid $90 for? No. Jeff, what are your thoughts? No? I've already I've already talked about all this shit. Yeah. Like, the last two weeks, it's all hot garbage. Fuck 2K. There you go. Marvel's Avengers. Also a hot garbage game. And as such, struggling to maintain... Uh, it's player base. As we get more and more proof that not every game, Jeff, is a, uh, or every game is a service, is a gold mine. Not all of them are money makers. Nope. And unfortunately, not even the name of Marvel could carry that bad boy. And nope. so, pay attention, developers. Games as a service, not instantly going to make you a billionaire. Keep your head on a swivel. Ah, in a game where, oh, it's our favorite time, Jeff, in a year where everything is being delayed, it's not surprising then that Star Citizen's Squadron 42 has been pushed back with a new roadmap coming to outline this process. We are now eight years deep, Jeff, and I checked and we are at 315 million beautiful fundraised dollars. Squadron 42 gets pushed back. Uh, the man himself answered some questions on the forums or during uh, and, and asked me anything like an old AMA or like a, a Q&A session. And he started talking about how like Cyberpunk and, and I can't remember, there was one, other, one or two other games that he mentioned uh, where they got delayed and nobody like, you know, was freaking out that much about the, the, the delays for that, but the, everyone's freaking out about Star Citizen. Wow. And I was you like, bro, there. that's... You went there. You're digging, bro. That's that's a that's a that's a dig. Um, that's a fucking dig. I don't so think anybody's have... listen, man. If we weren't three hundred and fifteen million dollars in and eight years deep in the <laughs> game, <laughs> this is Squadron Forty Two. This isn't the online component. This is yeah, the single player thing that they split player. away because yeah. the com- the combination was already too large. So yeah, we needed yeah. to separate them. My bad. And it's just Squadron 42. You can't even give me a piece of the game. That's right. Of the main game. You can give me a little campaign action. Yeah. And you've already delayed this shit over and over and over again. And then you're going to come out and delay it again. And then give us the excuse, well, y'all didn't have a problem when Cyberpunk 2049 is, or 79 or whatever the fuck it is. 77. 77. (laughs) When that shit ain't even coming out. The thing is, that game's actually coming out. Yes. It's on its way here. Yes. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's tangible. It's got Keanu Reeves. It's got Keanu Reeves. Yeah. What do you have, Squadron? Well, they used to have Mark Hamill back in the day. Oh, Mark Hamill went and collected a paycheck? <laughs> and he got the fuck out. He's like, damn. They've raised $200 million? This got to be a big deal. All right, I'm going to tell you guys what. Just break me over like half a million bucks. I'll voice, you know, party a little campaign and I'll be in and out of this bitch. Can't even hate on. Hey, listen, star citizen. If you got a little bit extra money, slide into my DMS. I'll play your game and I won't charge you, you know, $5,000 a day, whatever. I'm cheap. Star citizen. I'll charge you like $4,900. You know, I I could probably I could probably I could probably do it for forty five hundred. There you go. 
I could probably do it for 4,500. I play your game. I promise I won't shit on it too hard. Actually, I can't promise that. But I'm going to be honest. If you pay me to play it, I'm probably going to shit on it. You're going to pay me money to shit on your game. Is what's going to happen. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure the game that they currently have or whatever stage they're in, I'm sure it's enjoyable. I, I'm not saying that they that they they can't create something that's enjoyable, but what I can say is you guys are fucking crooks, <laughs> and you know, release a fucking game already. You know release what? Game. You know what the scarier thing is in that in that response. He also talked about the fact that these roadmaps coming up. You know, none of these time timelines are set in stone. He's like, game, de- game development is, you know, a wild ride, especially when you're making something as ambitious as, as Star Citizen. And so, is it even ambitious anymore? And so, you well, by I mean? the time like- it comes out, by the time it comes out, I've made this joke a thousand times. If, if Hello Games keeps developing No Man's Sky, yeah. by the time Star Citizen comes out, No Man's <laughs> Sky is basically going to be Star Citizen. Star Citizen. Like 80% yeah. of Star Citizen. Yeah. For and a fraction it, of the price. And people would have been playing it for 15 years. Yes. At that point. Yeah. That's, that's where they're headed. Like, dude, think about this, man. We're going on next week. We're going to be 10 years old. Yes. These motherfuckers. Almost been, been in been, making this game. Since we've been doing lag TV. <laughs> How insane is that? Just if you really just think about it. Yes. How insane is that? How many iterations of World of Warcraft have we gotten in a decade? You know what I mean? How many expansions have we gotten? How many, like, we've How seen... How many the- Call of Duties have we gotten in the last 10 years, Jeff? Too many. How many iPhones have we gotten? You know, even, even them crooks are fucking doing it right. You Hustle. know, at least do it right. Damn. Go Hustle. on, we... <laughs> These guys are eight years deep, man. Come on. Stop making excuses. Squad, look, in my opinion, Squadron 42 should be out by the end of next year. And if not, that's a fucking farce. I'll give them the nine years to get Squadron 42 completed and out the door. And then I'll give them a further three years to get the rest <laughs> of the main game done. And if this goes longer then, than the next five years... <laughs> and people are still fucking riding this man's dick, Chris Roberts. Oh. I'm just saying that you guys got to get off the fucking. I mean, I'm already saying you got to get off the Kool Aid, but now you're you're like you're past the Kool Aid, uh, and you're you're out of the brown nose, and and you're into you're into basically kissing that man's feet for no for no benefit. I mean, you've literally lost the fucking net. You've you've become so delusional. It'd be like doubling down on, on, on fucking voting for Trump at this point. It's like you just don't want to admit that you were wrong the first time. And so you're, you're, going, to, you're going to, against your own common sense, just double down on saying that Trump did a wonderful job over the last four years and you are looking forward to another four. That's basically yeah. where you'd be at. Five years from now, if you're still going on the Star Citizen hype and that shit ain't out. That ain't it, bro. <laughs> that ain't it. That, that ain't it. Ain't it. You know what else isn't it, Jeff? What? Uh, Apparently, Amazon's Crucible. They are officially stopping production and development in general for Amazon's Crucible. Do you remember that that was a game? No. That's all you need to know about Amazon's Crucible. You know what else isn't it, Jeff? 
What ain't it? Razor coming out with a credit card that has an LED in it. Because we need RGB. You Is know, it green? It's green because the logo. The black. The card itself is like black, and then the logo will grow, it will glow green. And then it comes with like a Razor Pay, which is like Google Pay and Apple Pay and whatever other versions of Pay uh, that you want. And then, you know, there's the typical cashback thing where you're getting more cashback on their store and whatnot. How many people are really buying so much shit of like, or so much Razor product that cashback on the Razor store is suddenly an enticing offer for getting a credit, like, like a credit card? It's not even like Razor's the most expensive peripheral company out there to begin no. with. You can buy a Razor headset for, you know, a dollar ninety nine and a double double at Tim Hortons. Yeah. And you're gonna get the same quality. <laughs> why 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 are they starting to now maybe maybe this is it. Maybe they looked at all their demographics and they go, All right. PewDiePie has sold us about nine million razor headphones. Okay. I do the math here. I started back there. They're probably right around the age of 18, 19 at this point. Mm. How can we gouge these guys even deeper? Offer them credit cards. Have they received their first letter that refers to them as Mr. or Mrs.? They will now. They will now. Hey, Razor fans. Listen, if you ever want to buy a house or a car, you know, you're growing up, you're a big boy, big girl now, you're going to need credit. So instead of going to your institutional bank, you can uh, grab a Reddit RGB credit card at a low, low interest rate of 19.95%. <laughs> that's but, generous. It's probably like 21.5. And you, you want to know, you want to know what's even crazier about all this bullshit, Adam, is I can guarantee you just like when you walk into Walmart or you walk into a fucking home, home Depot, how they're trying to pawn credit cards off on you. Oh yeah. It's going to be part of the new influencer program. Oh, 100%. And, and if you're a Razor, if you're if you're a Razor uh ambassador, you, you've got that card. You you've got not only do you got the good card, man, you've got the black one with the green and red RGBs and on top of that, if you can coax your fans into getting credit card and going into credit card debt, uh we're going to give you a percentage on the top of every credit card that you can push out there because hey, that's what credit card companies do. They get these third-party motherfuckers. They get a bonus for every credit card that they send out. Your yearly fees, your fucking entry. This is what's going to happen, bro. They they found a way. They know their demographic. They know the age. They know the influencers, and they're going to push this fucking bullshit on gamers. And they're gonna they're you know they're gonna have a little spread out sheet that you get from from your sponsors, the talking points. And one of the talking points is going to be like, hey, guys, I know you're young. The best way to build your credit is to get a credit card. And <laughs> luckily for you, all you gamers out there that are buying tons of Razor products, you can get a little Razor cash back. That's right. With your Razor card. That's right. It's a big no for me, dog. That's a big no. That's a big fucking no for me. Hey, Razor, stick to making shitty peripherals, please. <laughs> you're not MasterCard. No. Well, here's the good news, Jeff. It's currently only going to launch in Singapore at a limited 1,337 supply because, you know, as if it wasn't campy enough with an LED on it, um, they had to go for the elite supply in Singapore. Uh, and so we're not going to see it probably for a while anyway. Ideally, good. we never see it. Good. 
Microsoft has a new task manager for the Windows 10 Xbox Game Bar in testing. Uh, it will be built in with the Game Bar, and as such, it will be accessible from within games without having to alt-tap if you try to sort out issues. Which sounds like a really inconsequential thing. But my god, with the amount of games that hate being alt-tabbed out of, if mm. I can see my task manager in-game, or if I or if a game crashes and you can't alt-tab anymore... Like, you can press the Windows key, and you can technically, or you can alt-tab, and you can technically see that you can, like, tab through programs, but none of them will get to the front, because the game has crashed, and it has exclusive mm. full-screen mode. Mm. That's a game-changer. It sounds it stupid, game- but it's a game-changer. It is a game-changer. And so I thought I'd, th- I'd toss that in there. Uh, developer for major titles like Nino Cooney and Dr. Layton... Level 5 Studios has reportedly shut down their North American operations and may ha- and have or may have no concrete plans for any more of their games to release outside of Japan. Which is pretty huge because Nino Kuni was actually relatively popular here. Um the RPG games 1 and 2. And so for them to kind of like uh, you know go back to Japan and just decide that they're only going to pretty much sell locally is actually pretty impressive. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if it was maybe just, um, with the pandemic or in general, it was just too expensive to upkeep, uh, their studios or they felt like their return on investment for selling in North America wasn't high enough. I don't know, but I thought for sure, you know, given those titles that they were doing well enough, but apparently not. So they're going back to, back to Japan. So if you're a Nino Kuni fan, you might be, uh, you might be importing some Nino Kuni in the future. Next up. Because we got to plow through these bad boys, because we are yeah. cooking on time right now. Uh, Rockstar officially buys Crackdown 2 developer Ruffian Games and rebrands them to Rockstar Dundee. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if Rockstar, I don't know if, if Crackdown as a IP belongs to Ruffian or belonged to Ruffian, but if that's the case, then, you know, if there was one. Uh, if there was one publisher that I would imagine could possibly make Crackdown not the embarrassment that Crackdown 3 was, Rockstar would probably be on the short list. And I think there is some promise in Crackdown as a franchise. I just think it's been mishandled pretty bad. Um, it did okay in the first one, and then after that it kind of got, it got fucking weird. But there you have it. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Jeff, finally got an update. Mm. that allows people to uninstall specific parts of the game. Meaning that if you are only playing Warzone, which I'm going to be straight with you, is the vast majority of people, you only have to have Warzone installed now, which should decrease that 240-plus gig install down to probably 235. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Lance McDonald... A hacker, or the hacker, who got us outside, of, this is just kind of a neat thing, who got us outside of the streets of PT. We talked about it on the podcast way back when it first happened. Yep. So he figured out how to get out onto the streets of PT and show kind of the inner workings of PT, which was really neat to see, is now working away at, and has pretty much at this point successfully, uh, but with Bloodborne, has managed to get a patch working that gets the game going from 30 FPS, which is what it was originally locked to, all the way up to 60 FPS, and still run on PlayStation hardware. After getting around uh, some hurdles, like the game playing in Fast Forward, because the whole game was based on its frame rate, uh, and reverse engineering it and enhancing it using some of the changes that the developer pushed to Dark Souls 3, because it's the same engine as Bloodborne, so we basically transplanted, reverse engineered and transplanted like a fucking brain surgeon, 
um, some shit from Dark Souls 3 into Bloodborne, downscaled the internal resolution to 720p, which the console then, like, upscales to 1080 on output, resulted in, and after fixing some frame pacing issues, pretty much consistently locked 60fps Bloodborne that still looks really good despite rendering internally at 720p. And I, there I can, I, I doubt that there are many people that played Bloodborne that would have given a shit of losing a little bit of graphical fidelity to gain double the frame rate in a game where, like, timing is everything. Yeah. Playing that game at 60, watching it be played at 60 FPS was impressive. Seeing the bosses, which I, did you play Bloodborne? Yeah, I beat it. Yeah, so, you know, like, um, like a lot of the bosses, a lot of, like, uh, cloth was used on the bosses. A lot of yep. hair, a lot of cloth. Dude, at 60 FPS, it's a new fucking game. It looks so damn good seeing how uh, everything moving on these bosses and whatnot. It looked incredible. Uh, unfortunately, you need to have a hacked PS4 uh, with the ability to know how to actually apply this kind of a patch to it to have any hope. So he doesn't know if he'll ever release this to the public. But what it does show is that one man did what Sony and uh, and the developer for Bloodborne, who I'm just brain farting right now and, and can't think of off the top of my head for no reason at all. Chat's going to tell me. Um, is, uh, did not do in all this time. I'm not surprised that recently they haven't done it because the PlayStation 5 is coming and you better fucking believe that a remaster 60 FPS or higher version of Bloodborne is 100% coming to the PlayStation 5 for the low, low price of $49.99 to $69.99. And so that's why it hasn't happened. But it should have happened or, or it might have even originally been better to do it like this, then to run at 1080p 30. Uh, because the game still looks fantastic graphically, but way better to run at 60 than at 30. Um, it was like, I remember when I played Dark Souls, the original game, um, and it was 30 FPS. And then when the, the, the DS fix came out for the PC version and allowed you to unlock it to 60, mm. it was like your skill level literally like doubled with the frame rate. It was fucking wild. And so, uh, very much a, a, a fun thing. And just crazy that one dude did it. That dude needs to be hired. It's basically yes. what? Hire. Yes. Hire that guy. Hire that man. Um, just make sure to give him time to do this stuff on the side so that we can get more cool shit from him in the, in the, in the future because he's doing some crazy and cool shit. Uh, next up, uh, the PlayStation 5 UI got shown off this week, Jeff, in a walkthrough video. I don't know if you caught any of that on, on your socials. Uh, so it basically uses cards, which is just tabs, really, um, but in card shape, uh, to do most of the stuff around the console in and out of games. So when you bring up the PlayStation menu, it's just a bunch of cards, rectangles, um, that you can sift through, and they all have their different functions or whatever, uh, that some are related specifically to the game, like, let's say, telling you how much time your current activity in the game is likely to take based on other people playing, or maybe you want to go down further the line and your friends are playing a different game and you can watch the video picture in picture while you're playing your game. Your friend, if for whatever reason you ever want to fucking do that, your friend is in picture in picture in the corner uh, kind of thing. Kind of a, like not dissimilar to what you could do in Discord with screen sharing or game sharing and stuff. Similar in that regard, Steam has similar functions as well, kind of. So they're kind of taking some of those ideas and incorporating it to the console, and it'll look kind of cool. Uh, 
Stuff like the time to complete and whatnot, I don't know, but it seems like that's something that developers will have to choose to actually use. Because uh, they also talked about things like being able to jump right to an activity from the cards. And that would definitely require the developer to make use of it. So that might be something that's more limited to first-party releases that you'll see it used more often and whatnot. Uh, but the UI looked pretty slick in general. I mean, it ran well, it did everything it needed to do. Uh, and another feature that was kind of interesting to me is that obviously both consoles are focusing on being able to share on social media and with your friends more easily video and pictures of the games that you're playing. And with uh, the PlayStation 5, when you take a picture and you're sending it to somebody, it'll actually get passed through a filter that the developer would have set up, likely to know when in the game the picture was taken. Uh, and then uh, if, it, they de- if they deemed that as a spoiler territory, they will flag it as such. And the user that you sent it to will get a warning that says, spoiler alert, you might get spoiled if you open this picture. Which is just like a cool little, you know, it's, it's neat. It's nice to have. Not that I'm likely, this is not for me. I'm not going to be the one taking pictures to send them to Jeff and be like, oh my god, look at this boss. It's so pretty. This is like, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to take like 15 second clips of me being bad at a video game and putting them on Twitter. Uh, but there are people that will totally do that and make use of it, and having tools like that is is always nice. So, I mean, it looked, it looked, whatever. It was one of the most boring videos I've ever watched. That guy was putting me asleep, like, the whole time. Yeah. However, nevertheless, looked good. Looked good to you? Looked like a UI? Yeah, it looked like a UI. It was very yeah. quick, like, going, going in and out of game. Uh, it was, like, instant, uh, which was which was impressive. Yeah. Um, and even when you, like, stop playing and jump back onto your console like you're right back into the game so that was that was very impressive the power of those fast like nvme drives and caching not not having the lag like when you just click the home button and like sort of waiting for it to register and come up it's it was almost jarring it was like whoa what the fuck it's instantaneous so yeah oh it's crazy Uh, both consoles just because of that of the caching in that drive just getting back in i was watching linus tech tips they were comparing the xbox series x to the xbox one uh, X and they were doing stuff like getting back into the game speed and, and whatnot. And th- the Xbox had been unplugged for like a day, plugged in, turned on, and you could still get, you could still get like the, the resume feature after it had been unplugged. Cause it's wow. just sitting in cash. They just like, you're right back in the game in like fucking like uh, seven, eight seconds. So, uh, yeah, that's one of the major benefits for sure with the consoles is getting between games is just like fucking super quick. So yeah, definitely cool to see for sure. What I liked in the PlayStation one UI though, is that it looked like when you, when you hovered over a thing to jump into a new game, it would almost be like running the game in the background as like the background to the, to the, the, the the, the cards. And then when you clicked resume, you just basically, the cards fell away and you're there. Right. Um, so very slick, very slick indeed. Um, we're almost done. Uh, oh, in a move that I certainly never saw coming, Microsoft is set to partner with GameStop, uh, that will see GameStop receive a percentage of all digital sales made on the Xbox consoles sold out of their stores, which is wild. Uh, so GameStop will use Microsoft cloud-based infrastructure for its backend sales system, which I'm sure is partly so that Microsoft can track which consoles are leaving their stores. And store associates will use Microsoft Surface tablets moving forward. Analyst Anthony uh, Chicumba estimates that it could be anywhere between 1% and 10%, which could over uh, time obviously be fairly substantial 
uh, as this generation matures. So um, Microsoft obviously incentivizing GameSpot or GameSpot. Fuck, I can never do that. GameStop uh, to uh, you know in selling the consoles and uh, and keeping that stuff moving off of the shelves. Um, definitely not something I would have thought they would do. I would love to know if we ever find out what the percentage really is and what it applies to. Like, is it games only? Is it, is it movie rentals and stuff like that? Does it expand to anything online purchase off the console, uh, that goes through Microsoft? We don't really know yet, but it's a, um, a move that in a million years, if you, if you even told me about that, I'd say, nah, (laughs) ain't happening. Yeah. So they see value in it. I don't get it personally, but they see value in it. So I don't, I'm sure this might have moved the needle on their stock a few points um, when it was released. But yeah, they don't, the thing is, they've been so vague about the specifics to this point that we don't know. So when we know more, Mm. we'll let you guys know. And last up, uh, the PlayStation Store update, uh, the most recent PlayStation Store update is removing PS3 and Vita games. Uh, as we ramp up for the PlayStation 5 launch, it was set to be completed across devices between October 21st through the 28th, where the closer to the 28th you got, it was more like the mobile devices that were getting um, removed from. Uh, so if you still want to buy PlayStation 3 games and Vita games on your account, uh, or, or to have access to that shit, then uh, you might already be out of time, because October 22nd was, or 21st was obviously yesterday, but you might still be able to, depending on where you are. So you might want to take a look and, and see how that goes. That's all we got, Jeff. We got to power through this bitch like we've never powered Fuck. through shit before. Just, just, just not even a full solo. Just not even a full oh, solo. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, hey. Full. Uh, first off, patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there and throw all the monies at the screen. That's right. When you're done doing that, head on over to www.nordvpn.com slash OTT. That's right. Pick yourself up a two-year subscription for a VPN service and use the promo code OTT in your checkout to get 68% off uh, uh, of your of your VPN. Stay safe, stay anonymous, stay protected, watch different uh, regions of Netflix, you know, watch region block content and just, you know, own a VPN because you just need one. And you can use one on your phone, on your laptop, your PC, your smart TV. You can virtually use it anywhere. Um, extensions on your browser, it's super easy. One click of a button will virtually change where you're from or at least where uh, you'll connect to a server and it will allow you to uh, mask your IP to another uh, part of the world. Jeff, and you can choose which part uh, of the world that you want. Jeff, I'm a new streamer. I need to uh, I need to get my hand on some gear to help me start streaming. Does that mean that I should be buying the Elgato Wave 1 and or 3? Also the Elgato Stream Deck, either the Mini through the XL and possibly even one or two key lights plus capture cards and other peripherals from uh, the one and only Elgato? Yes. Yes, you should do all of the above. And you can do that by clicking on the link in the description below, which will take you over to Elgato. You need to get your products because Elgato sells out like crazy. So if you don't already got a stream deck, well, you Elgato get one right now. Head on over to their website, go on Amazon, pick one up, do all the things. It's great for streamers. It's even great for non-streamers. They've got products there for all of your needs, your PC needs. So head on over and check out Elgato. Mr. Black, it's time for movies and TV. Nicholas Cage is bringing us more genius in the bound to be straight to DVD smash hit, Jiu Jitsu. 
a sci-fi martial artist film that also stars Tony Jaa, of all people, amongst some others. There's actually a couple of people in this movie. Uh, but the only thing that you need to know about is that it's Nicolas Cage in a sci-fi martial arts film. That's literally mm-hmm. all you need to know. And now you're watching it. Because I'm watching all of it. <laughs> I'm going to watch the shit of that movie. I'm going to watch the shit. It- it looks like Mortal Kombat, the old Mortal Kombat, had sex with Predator. With with Predator, <laughs> yeah, that's actually the perfect combination. And then they gave us, and then they gave the, us Nicolas Cage to yes. be at the front of that. I'm in, and legitimized it with Tony Jaw and said, "All right, let's make a movie." <laughs> yes, and they did, and it's going to be horrible. Oh, fucking hell! You know what? Just before we move on to the next thing, quick little story right on Twitter about Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage apparently hasn't gambled in 30 years. You don't want to know why, Jeff? The last time he gambled, he was down in Vegas, uh, and he walked into, I can't remember which one he said, which casino he said he walked into, and, his, and he said that on this day, he said he was feeling it. He was feeling himself. You've probably experienced this, Jeff. You go in, you're feeling it, you know you're going to hit something when you mm. walk in and you start going. And his game... Uh, his game was, uh, I think he said it was uh, blackjack or craps or oh, roulette. It was roulette. Sorry, 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 roulette. So he goes in, and sure shit, he can't miss a number, and he's hitting every fucking number. He goes in with two hundred dollars, and the lady at the table said, "What was what was the quote from her again? It was something like, um, uh, uh, nothing, oh, nothing sweeter than a repeater. That's what it was. Something mm-hmm. along those lines." And he goes in with $200 and he just pops off like a motherfucker. Hits everything. Leaves with 20 grand off the roulette table. He looks up and finds an orphanage in the area. Goes to the orphanage. Meets with all the kids. Talks to the, uh, to the headmistress at the orphanage. And says, here you go. And hands her $20,000. He just went at the casino. This is yours. Walked away. Never gambled again because he said it would ruin the high of that moment. Nicholas Cage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tell me that's not the most interesting man in the world type shit. Yeah, I went into a casino 30 years ago. I turned 200 into 20 grand. I went and looked to an, an orphanage. I gave him 20 grand and I stopped. Never, never gambled again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's too crazy for me to not believe. That is, the, that is exactly a thing that Nicolas Cage would do, you know, and you can't convince you know me otherwise. You know what I'm expecting to see here in the next few years? I want after, a fucking, I want a documentary. No, after Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> comes out, right, and it failed horribly, we're going to see hidden videos of people filming Nicolas Cage <laughs> in an underground casino on a roulette table trying to make that money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you know what? And you know I'll what watch it. You know what he's going to be saying? <laughs> Ain't nothing sweeter, sweeter than, than a repeater. <laughs> Come on, 20. Let's go. That's, that's and he'll be happen. wearing a snakeskin jacket and uh, like a fucking like a, like a fucking feather hat. Yeah. Some crazy shit. Good old bro, Nicholas bro, Cage. I want a biopic on Nicolas Cage's life with all the crazy shit that he has obviously done. And I want it to star Nicolas Cage. I'd watch it. Playing both young Nicolas Cage and old Nicolas Cage. Mm. And I'd watch that. 
Uh, the first clip of Animaniacs reboot was shown off, and it looks promisingly like the original in tone, which was obviously most people's concerns for Animaniacs in the year 2020. Uh, it also had a mention of Pinky and the Brain coming back as well. In the brain, 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 brain. Fast and the Furious will officially come to an end after movie 11, with 10 and 11 being held by Justin Lin, Mr. Black. We're finally mm. getting an end to it. Well, no getting- more can Vin Diesel's man tits carry the weight of what is left behind by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, first of all, that's still three more movies, all right? We've got eight, we've got nine. Mr. Nine hasn't come yet. It's three. Nine hasn't come yet. So we got three, three more movies. We've got nine, 10, and 11. Hmm. Let me tell you something. Hmm. If 11 comes out and it makes a billion dollars mm. or makes $800 million, there will be a 12. <laughs> All right. I'm just, I'm just telling you. You know who's going to star in it? Vin Diesel. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he might even jump on at that point. Who knows? But let me tell Bro, you. I would watch the shit out of a fucking Fast in the Future. They lost me ages ago. But if, if fucking Vin Diesel walks out on a stage somewhere and says, Damn it, Fast 13, Nicolas Cage is in this movie. I'm going to say, mm. Vin, I'm mm. in. Mm. Day one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Variety comes out and they 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 put out a piece called Fast and the Furious franchise to end with the eleventh film Justin Lin directing. James Gunn comes out and tweets it, retweets and and says, Universal announces it will stop printing money just because. <laughs> it's true. Let me tell you something, bro. It's true. If they're making upwards of eight hundred million dollars for these movies, yeah, they're gonna keep making they, them. They ain't going nowhere. What no. they're doing right now is they're getting you excited. They're keeping Fast and the Furious in the headlines because the movie ain't coming out till next year, minimum, because of this whole pandemic shit. And they got they got another they're 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 using the Justin Lin name to get you pumped up because it's it's a legitimate director. Uh so you know you're gonna get quality. Mm. But at the same time, it's basically telling you you got a trilogy left. You got three, you got three movies left. Bruh, they're hedging their bets. Because number one, we have no idea how much money Fast Nine is gonna make because of all this shit that's been going on. So that might come back and it might only make half a billion. Uh, and then they might, they, you know, they're obviously going to make the, these two other ones probably back to back, film back to back. And they're just preparing because if the, it starts to go down, then they'll be able to walk away from the main franchise. But let's not get it twisted here. You've got the Hobbs franchise now with Dwayne Rock Johnson. Mm. This is just the Fast and the Furious main guys and gals that get together and do their thing. And we're going to see more Fast and the Furious. Don't let this fool you. Here's what and happens. Three more movies, for fuck's sakes. It's still getting years more of Fast and the Furious. Here's what happens. Everyone dies except for Han. They reboot with Han. You want to know what my prediction is? <laughs> you want to know what my prediction is? Han drives around in an old Camaro with Nicolas Cage. My, my actual prediction is Han <laughs> is going to be the main villain. That's my prediction. I think Han comes back. We already I'd know be that. sad because I like Han. He's going to be the main villain, and it's going to be family going up against old family. There's going to be a there. You know, Han is going to feel betrayed and and left out or whatever, and he's going to get a new group of people, 
or whatever in his crew. And I do believe that Han will be the main villain of these final movies. I think he gets inter- introduced towards the end of nine. I don't think we're going to get Han at the beginning of the movie. I think Han is going to show up towards the end, act like he's a friend, betray them. It's going to end on a cliffhanger. And then Justin Lin is going to come to, to, to film three hour extravaganza, cut it into two movies. And then that's going to be your shebang. Mm. That's what I think is going to happen. Mm. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think that everyone dies except for Han. Han reboots the franchise. James Gunn directs and hires on Nicolas Cage as the main villain for an epic trilogy that is a crossover between Gone in 60 Seconds and The Fast and the Furious, starring Han and Nicolas Cage. It's called Muay Thai. <laughs> And it ties him with the jujitsu. I'm always on the Nick Cage train. I'm never, I'm never off the Nick Cage train because it never stops. I'm off the Nick Cage train, but I'll, I will definitely watch, <laughs> watch the jujitsu. Jujitsu. I'm there all the time, and I'm not there because I think it's going to be a good time. I'm there because I think it's going to be a very bad good time. This, hey, bro, a lot of money has been made by intentionally making shitty things. It's time to move on to the next uh, segment, Jeff, which means it's time for tech support. I had to think there for a second. It's been it's been two weeks. Uh, Patreon.com, which, by the way, you guys are killing it right now, keeping the dream alive despite us missing last week. I tried to figure out how many of these podcasts we've actually legitimately missed outside of like Christmas vacation, and the answer was, I think, maybe two. Somewhere between two and four. Not very many. You guys have been absolutely crushing it. Or going on four years. It's true. Not bad. Uh, Patreon.com slash lag TV. Financially support this podcast. Keep our dreams alive and this podcast going. And in turn, for $10 or more a month, uh, you get some cool shit. But also, you get to ask us questions on a tech support segment that we do at the end of every podcast. But before we do that, because we're running low on time, there's a much more important thing that we need to cover. Mr. Black, I need to know about your story with your ISP. Oh, it's it's actually well, we kind of overhyped it. It was it was a very simple conversation. I I got my bill in the mail. Um, I looked at it. It was two hundred and eighty three dollars, and I was like, "This ain't it." Now is the time. And I, I had already spent all morning on the phone with insurances and other places. So I said, "You know, I'm just going to do it." I call them up. They actually answered very quickly. I was on I was on hold for like a minute and a half. Not bad. Uh, I I told this girl. I said, "Hey, my bill is very very." Uh, expensive. I'm over here on Eastlink competitor and I'm looking like I can get the same amount of service for $50 cheaper. And that's if I went with the high end stuff. If I went with like, you know, the lower end fiber op and other package, I'm saving like 79 bucks. So she was like, well, you know, you can get rid of this, 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 and this, and this, you know, do you watch TV? I'm like, listen, I don't think you're, I don't think you're picking up what I'm putting down here. Um, I've been with you guys since I, since I basically turned 16, I've been, I, I've, I've been with you guys. I'm loyal. All right. We need to work something out or I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Eastlink. They keep showing up at my door every other month. And every time they knock, I listen to a little bit more of what they got to say. 
$283 a month for internet and cable is insane. She said, okay, let me transfer you over to our, uh, what do they call it? Our customer. Customer retention. Retention. Said, okay, transfer me over. I got a girl named Nancy. Yeah. Said, hey, Nancy. Nancy's sitting in the kitchen in her own house, by the way. Yeah, she probably is. I said, hey, Nancy, I told her my situation. She started asking me questions. Well, what do you use your internet for? Do you use this? I started, she said, okay, all right, this is what we can do for you. So they, she asked me, uh, I told her about the East Lake. I went through this, the same thing. And uh, she started asking me questions. By the way, this morning, they came to my house. They gave me a new um, main box. They would uh, have to because you've got your garage. internet up. Yeah. And they also gave me a new modem as well yep. and set everything up. Um, so got an upgrade on my internet. So that was number one. Mm. So I said, uh, what can you guys do for me? So first thing she said, she looked, she said, do you guys you use your phone? I said, no, we just have it for the package. She said, okay, then this long distance, $3 a month that we've been charging you, you don't need because you actually don't have a house phone. I was like, no, she's like, all right, I'm going to take that off. I said, okay. Then she goes, um, are you using your HBO and your Crave and all this other stuff? I said, no. It was my fault because I forgot to cancel it uh, Cancel it after, after Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. And then I had ended up watching like 90 Day Fiance on Crave. Uh, and then I also watched um, uh, one HBO movie that came out not too long ago uh, that was pretty decent, actually. It's the only times we watched it in like the, since Game of Thrones. So it's been like, fuck, well over a year, like going on two years. Um, so I removed that. Um, so that saves me 20 bucks a month. And then she, um, she bundled, I don't know what she did. I think they just come up with things. They just, they just start saying things. They have a list of things that they could, they're allowed to do in a certain like amount of like yeah. it's base and it's basically not far flung from whatever promotional material they can give a brand new customer. Yeah. yeah. So after it was all said and done. My bill went from $283 taxes in and some change to $211. So I saved the $20 on, uh, on the HBO. So that was just something that I canceled. So that's gone. So I don't even have that anymore. But then there was like another 50 something dollars that she managed to comp off. And that's good for one year um, for the uh for part of it and then two years for another part of it and I, I don't even know what the two year i think it had something to do with the internet or i don't know um I, or yeah and then they threw in like you know if your power goes out there's like a battery on your modem that'll make it so that you still have wi-fi and internet um so they they added that they gave us that um and that's usually like 30 dollars. but one thing that they did do is they actually then gave me a credit so for the last year they gave me back the long distance credit and there was another small credit of like, I think it was for one of my cable boxes that I never use. So then they credited my account like $10, it was like $11 or whatever for a year. So I got back like a hundred something dollars be off my next bill as well. So uh, I ended up saving a hundred dollars up front. I lost HBO Crave, which we, we just never watch anyway. We just watch Netflix and fucking Disney Plus. Um, and my bill went from, uh, 283 to, to 211, at least for this first full year. Um, and then she said after the year, just before the year is up, call again and just ask for the same thing. And they'll likely give it to you. They just can't give 
promotional because they don't know what type of promotional stuff they're going to have here from now. So they they get you to call back in during that time. So yeah, I saved some money. I should have done this like fucking four, three, four months ago. But. Dude, that that is exactly what. Like, I mean, for me, it was I was having so many issues. Yeah, with my internet, that every time I called up, it got to the point where I just went, "All right, guys, I haven't internet in like two months. I've I've seen every one of your tech guys at least five times now. At one point, we had swapped seven modems in four days." <laughs> Because I kept telling them it's not the modem, but the person in the Philippines, bless their heart, that has a script, wouldn't give me up to tier uh, two, which, or they did move to tier two, which was also, used to be tier two was still in Canada, but then they also moved that out of country. So you got scripts, tier one, scripts, tier two, and so getting to somebody that would actually listen to you was very difficult. And in fact, the only reason that it stopped is because I explained to like the fifth guy that came over what was going on, and he was like, yeah, I agree, and he still had a contact at the guys who run, like, the fucking hub in Halifax, like, the back end uh, of the uh, of the infrastructure, and then we figured out the issue that way. That wow. was the only reason, and it was and it was just days and days of, like, eight, nine hours of just dealing with that shit, and so that was when I got my first major promotional push. I went, call him up and said, you're going to give me so much money for the longest time for all of this bullshit, yeah, you don't even know. Note on. Like, Not only know, did I just lose out on all that shit, and, and I've been paying for this service for all this time, and you've not been listening to me when I've told you that it's been a problem, or, or that there is a problem, and then you wouldn't listen to me when I told you what the problem was, uh, and it's wasted everyone's time. Uh, you're going to give me all that money back, and then you're going to give me a, an absolutely god-tier promotion. I said, okay. And I am still, to this day, on that promotion... And it continues until the end of next year. The dream. I have two years plus, almost three years of my bill being, after tax, $181. The dream. (laughs) So there you go. The only reason it's north of that now is because I had to add mom and dad's home number on, and a second phone line with them is $70 a month. Now, I don't pay for that. Mom and dad pay me back. But... Otherwise, my bill for their their over one gig in either direction internet, I have HBO. I have all that shit. I have literally their everything they have in their company mm. for 181 after tax for two and a half years. That's the dream. Say <laughs> so my my deal wasn't as good as yours, but I also didn't have to suffer. You, well, like- that was a difference. You didn't suffer. I, I went through fucking fire to get that shit. Go. But no, I, but she said next year, call them up. Get him to press the reset button, and that's a hundred percent. What you're gonna do? What I'm gonna do? You're fucking right. Holy shit! All of a sudden, saving like ninety dollars a month. You better fucking believe it. You're living the dream with Bell. For one, we didn't have to pay bills for the longest time, and then now (laughs) you're fucking cheaper than everybody else in the goddamn province. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. We did all those sponsored material. Yeah. Oh, what a fucking deal that was. Dude, I wish we still had that. If I'd do that deal today. That was fucking fire. Dude, I would cast whatever esports related thing you want me to do. You want to pay my bills every month? Count me in. Absolutely. And dude, I could have done, done literally whatever I wanted on that bill. Dude, there were times where Kayla was like, or I would order pay-per-view, like UFC. And it didn't and, matter. And, and it didn't matter. <laughs> it, like, and, and, and at the beginning, they were like, yeah, no, no. If you do anything extra, you're going to have to pay for it. So I was like, yeah, let me just try this. They just paid it. 
fucking sweet deal that was. Fucking incredible. All right. So, guys, some of you are going to have to resend in some of these questions for next week because we just don't have the time. We had to get that one out. That's weeks in the making, so we had to get that one out. Uh, Chico says hello. Hi, Chico. Hey, Chico. That was all he had. Just tell him. Just hello. Uh, what's your favorite? Who was that asked this? Where did that go? Uh, Mark Furry asks, what's your favorite chat experience? I can tell you very quickly and easily. Uh, and it's one of the greatest, uh, moments in Twitch history and is still, uh, in the pantheon of greatest things to ever happen on this website. It's Twitch plays Pokemon. Mm. That had the world fucking enraptured for weeks. Hundreds of thousands of people watched that shit and participated in Twitch plays Pokemon. Entire memes that still carry to this day were created out of that fucking godforsaken Twitch plays Pokemon. It's perfect. It's incredible. And we got all sorts of weird shit like, uh, like fish play Pokemon now where they got like a fish swim in a fish tank. And whatever, wherever it goes, like, it fucking, like, moves the character and shit. Like, just wacky shit. All because of it. So I'm gonna go with that. Hmm. That's a tough one. That's a, that's a tough one to beat. Um. Hmm. Uh, ask the question one more time. Your fa- just your favorite chat experience on Twitch. Man, the, the the yeah, the I mean, the Twitch plays Pokemon. It wasn't really the chat experience, though. It was it was the I guess I guess that is an experience because you are part of the the show. You're part of the magic. You know, I'm gonna be I'm 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 not gonna pick that one because I actually didn't participate mm. in that. I don't think I ever even said like up or down or whatever during any of that. I just tuned in several times and just whenever they would get to like a big pivotal moment, you'd see yeah. all over and shit i just tune in to see if the chat would actually do it dude the amount of fucking hype around that was unreal it was a lot it was a lot can you imagine I, if that happened now like oh the God. fucking viewership and the shit that would have popped Ma- off it would have been massive i mean massive or even more massive <laughs> just huge um i would say honestly the most fun i've had in a chat and just reading the chat was during the power rangers uh marathon mm. because the power rangers it was that in pokemon but the the power ranger one was better for me because what was a bob ross that. marathon yeah but you know the yeah that was great too that was just a good marathon that yeah. i could just i would just like listen to it in the background i wouldn't really read the chat but the power rangers one for me because i loved power rangers growing up and there's so much like memes and it's just the acting is bad the 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 fighting choreography is bad it's just <laughs> it's just a bad like it's it's a bad show but it's a great show and just seeing everybody else's reaction to what was happening and it wasn't just like spammy shit you know like if you're watching uh, the pokemon stuff like the chat is just full of spam you know you you, you can't really articulate what's going on it's just like but with the power ranger stuff it was you could read what people were saying about the scenes and you would get genuine reactions of just really dumb shit and funny stuff that I, it made part of watching that and rewatching those episodes. Part of the fun was being part of 
that chat experience and and not in a spammy way. So I would say my favorite so far has been uh the poke or not the Pokemon, um, although that was good too. The um the Power Rangers. And the thing is with the Power Rangers is uh it's it was the perfect eclipse of what Twitch is in such a positive way. Like, you know, you you you'll watch a big, big streamer and it's just spam filled garbage. I don't know how people I don't know I I don't know how people enjoy that. Um I don't. I I have no idea and why people participate in this spammy shit. But like the Power Rangers thing, not only could we rewatch awesome TV from our, my childhood, but then it was like the chat was also enjoying and participating in that and everybody had this like not everybody, but a lot of the majority of people had this like truce of like, we're not going to turn this into like this weird, toxic, spammy bullshit. It was like, we're all here watching this together and it's fucking hilarious. And yeah, there was, there was dumbasses in chat and stuff. That, that's just going to happen. But for the most part, it was just what, what, in, what makes Twitch great. It was like those moments, the Bob Ross moments, you know, the old man that was, that would uh, play the piano and take requests from people. Those are like what makes Twitch amazing. And when you remove all the toxicity and the weird shit, that's it. The Power Rangers did it for me. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Um... I can answer this one quick. It comes in from Ta Captain Egern. Have you, Adam, have you ever accidentally called Jeff Mr. Black in public and did have did people look at you weird? Thankfully, no. I have yeah. been good enough to remember to just use his actual name in public. Uh, Mr. Black resides pretty much exclusively here on Light TV. Yeah, I don't think I've ever called Adam Nova War. No. Like no. Well, Mr. Black has just got like it's it's it it's a little less gamey sounding. Yeah, it's not like I'm calling you Maximus Black. That would be even fucking stranger. Yeah, that'd be super strange. <laughs> like you have to go. It's like you got to go out of your way to call me that. You know exactly. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Maximus Black, come here, please. <laughs> Maximus Black, we need to talk. <laughs> Bro, don't ever call me that again. Uh, man, I'm hungry. Asks, you're now in charge of educating the youth. What values do you teach them? With a bonus question, what troll values do you enforce? Like, teaching them the best, uh, the best pizzas have pineapple on them. Mm. Listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't hate pineapples on pizza. Just no. Gonna, just keep it 100. I'd rather have pineapples on pizza on cold pizza. So, like, when the pizza's cooked and it's like the pineapples are warm, I'm mm. not as enthusiastic about it. I'll still mm. eat it. But when, when you re when, when you, like you go to eat the cold pizza, you take it out of the box after it's been there for like eight hours and it's got pineapple on it. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, you almost can still taste the juices. It's good. Kicks it up a notch. Kicks it up a notch. Um, the trolley stuff. Um, man, I don't know. What would your, what are your, what are your general things you would want to pass, pass on to the youths? Um, Get out and get fresh air. Do something active. Mm. So, you know, play play video games by all means. I'm a big gamer. I'm, my son's going to be a gamer for sure. And he's going to play a lot of games, probably more than most kids. But 
getting out, socializing in person mm. and, and being active. Uh, it's, 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 it's basically a must. Um, so I would say that, um, stay in school at least until you're done high school, stay in drugs, do school. And, um, those are the main ones. Stay in school and get out and get some activity. Yeah. That, 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 that's what kids should do. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's the majority of it. Um, yeah. You know, experience things if you can. Meaning like, you know, don't. Don't like not experiment with food and shit. Like try like a lot of kids just lock themselves into like they only want to eat like two things. Yeah. Uh, and neither of them are healthy. You know, just experiment with food, eat new things. Right. That's yeah. it. Pizza. Yeah, exactly. Pizza. That's it. So, you know, something like that. Uh getting outside. Phenomenal. I think I think that um team activities of any kind, whether it's sports or whatever you want to Put it in any kind of team activity is something that that kids should definitely be involved with for a good chunk of their youth because it develops an uncanny amount of useful social skills and life skills in general. Yes, dude, I'm going to be that dad that, well, not only will my son be forced, this won't even be an option, (laughs) actually forced to play a sport. And to play an instrument, Th- those are actually going to be forced. It's not even going to be a choice until he gets old enough where he can like make a a decision if he just doesn't want to do it or he's just not feeling it. But that's going to be that's going to be the show. And I'm also going to be the dad that whatever sport it is, my fingers crossed that it's baseball because I, I I played baseball. Um, I want to I want to coach. I w- I want to either be an assistant coach or a coach or be the dad. That is part of the process. And I'm going to be the dad that when we win a game, we're all getting We're pizza. going out for pizza. We're all getting ice cream. And it's going to have pineapple pizza. on it. Yes. I'm telling you, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that fucking guy. And I look forward to it. And I want to be that over-enthusiastic dad, too. Like, yeah! Yeah! And I, it's going to embarrass everybody. You know, whole team, come on over. Play some video games. Got pizza, video games, and ice cream. If you guys win, if you guys lose, you still get pizza, video, and ice cream. All right. None of my kids are getting participation rewards. I'm just gonna be fucking honest with you. <laughs> hey, we're gonna try and win. I'm not gonna be that guy like, yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna let them know. I'm gonna tell my son at a pretty early age, bro. There's winners and there's losers. All right. And it's okay I'm to gonna, lose. It's okay to lose. But we're going to try and win. But we're but we're going to try and win. That's that's just pretty much it. And if we continue to lose, we got to ask ourselves why are we losing? And let's try and work on that. We're not going to beat ourselves up too bad about it. But there will be disappointment. There will be struggle. Mm. All right? And I'll I'll be the dad. It's going to sound horrible. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say it. I believe in you. I'm going to be the dad 
that after we're done that baseball game and the season's over, and we didn't come in first or second or third, we, we got a medal for participating. On a drive home, I'm going to look at my son as he's holding the medal. I'm going to say, son, roll down that window. So I say, why, Dad? I want you to throw it out that fucking window. <laughs> as soon as we get home, we're training. I'm getting the tire out the backyard. We're going to pitch into that fucking tire until your arm falls off. And we're getting ready for next season. We're going to do it, son. It's gun check time. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't raise no participator. <laughs> you can't even bring home a bronze. I don't want a medal in here. Because <laughs> even copper's worth something. Oh, God. It's just like... <laughs> uh, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, eh, eh, I'll, 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 I'll go the MOBA route. Listen, son. You did great playing first the first base. But that fucking pitcher of ours can't fucking throw a fastball if he tried. And our catcher, if only he could fucking catch when he finally gets the strikeout, we wouldn't have this fucking problem. But what am I supposed to say, son? Am I supposed to go to Tim's dad and tell him to start letting his son know or daughter know that they're fucking up? Because then I look like the bad guy. It's it's what, 2028? 20, I can't even fucking tell the kids that they made a mistake. But How am I supposed to go to Tim's dad and tell him that he needs to tell his son to smarten up? But dad, dad, dad I'm hard stuck in D-League because my team's dragging me down, dad. What do I do? I'm hard stuck in D-League. I can't get out. Carry I can't yourself. make it to A. Carry yourself, son. What are we going to do? All summer is we're going to practice. You're going to be a one-trick pony. All right? You're going to play shortstop. All right? But I'm no good at shortstop. You're going to be good at shortstop because, listen, first base, you only can play that position. At shortstop, you can still play shortstop, a little bit of second, a little bit of third, and you can even run out to the outfield to catch a left fly ball. That's what you're going to have to do because you're playing with a bunch of fucking children that don't <laughs> care that don't care about winning. So what you have to do, son, is you have to carry. Back in my day when I played League of Legends, you, had, <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't just play support. I did that the hard way. It don't work. You got a one-trick carry. You either got to play mid lane, all right, or you got to go jungle, and you only got to roam to your best players to, to, to get that out. Son, right now you are a hell of a Leona, but I need you to step your Riven game up. Big time, in a big way. How good's your Akali, son? Because if, yeah, how good is it? <laughs> because if you don't, listen, you can't, we can't, you can't win by just hitting that one home run. Every single game, while nobody else is sitting, everybody else sitting singles, you're going to need to play good defense. You need to stuff it all. You got to play four different spots. And I'll tell you what, son, if you do it and you crush it and you focus, 
And year after year, you carry these teams. When you turn 16, I'm giving you the AMG. (laughs) I'm giving you the AMG. You know what I drove when I was 16? A 1991 Honda Civic that had a hole on the floor. Wasn't safety inspected. (laughs) It was bad. It was bad. It was lucky if it went 110 uphill. Did you know that this AMG, I've had it on the track, son. I've had it on the airstrip. I had it going 287 kilometers an hour. Now, I don't want you driving that fast. But I'll tell you right now, the amount of pussy you are going to get (laughs) in this vehicle. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. That's the kind of dad I'm going to be. That's the kind of dad I'm going to be. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another technical alpha. If you had other questions to get answered this week, put them on the next one for next week. <laughs> we got to get out of here. I got to go pick up my my better half from work. Hopefully you enjoyed that one. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hit us up with a review on iTunes if you get a moment. We'd love to have that. It goes a long way. And of course, Bell Gang on YouTube. Head on over to youtube.com slash TV. Hit the like button on this video. Hit the bell icon and the subscribe button to make sure that you get notified. And get that comment and like in in the first hour to help us beat back the hands of the evil, evil algorithm. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much once again for stopping by and all the support. And until next time, stay safe out there. Peace. Peace.